0: episode of the Friday Nightmares podcast. Tonight, we will be talking about back to school because it's almost that time, depending what uh, school will look like for people come September. But I, (laughs) I am one half of your hosting team, Heather Powell, coming to you from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And with me is...
1: Mr. Smoke Show Crawford himself, <laughs> back from his uh, week away and in the middle of nowhere. And yes, I did find a book covered in flesh. I did read it, not out loud, of course, but got some pretty interesting information from that.
0: Oh yeah, what did you find out?
1: Well, I found out how to summon some demons. Uh, no, you just go going under...
0: dating apps for that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Plenty of those out there.
0: Plenty of demons out there that way. Um, but it does look like you had a fabulous time. Um, Scott made sure to share his his pictures and would constantly tell people how much he needed this vacation. Like the most whitest thing Scott could say, he said. I, I almost waited for him to have a Starbucks and a case first in his hand <laughs> and then say, Let's let's do a group shot. Let's do a silly one Well, he was up. In the cottage in the woods
1: Uh, and yeah everyone I kept getting that message from Heather going you are the whitest person (laughs) ever
0: every time
1: I so needed
0: this vacation like we all don't need a vacation Scott thank you for rubbing it in our faces and then there was one part where Scott took this shot where he was on the dock and it was his baiting trunks that he like he was facing out and he was taking this beautiful shot of um the lake that he was staying on as well as he got some of his swim trunks like it was actually a really nice photo and one of our friends wrote that it wasn't his fan only page and i was dying so oh yeah
1: my only um, fans. page <laughs> sorry funny.
0: your only your fans only page and i feel like scott needs to start one now fans only That's- page
1: I'll say with those sexy legs. I mean, how could I not, right? Like
0: you gotta be showing the goods. You could be bacon with your beard and shit like that. Like have
1: a little apron on, but nothing else.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like we need to really like figure out how we're gonna get more listeners. And uh, right about now, I feel like you know when you're working with a ten like Smokescore Crawford, you gotta you gotta know where the
1: goods are coming from.
0: But yeah, you went tubing too, and uh, you're a little sore because yeah, you I
1: out- <laughs> I kicked my own ass as uh, what was it a. Uh, Jim Carrey would say liar liar right <laughs> in my own ass do you mind
0: and didn't you find a cabin in the woods
1: we actually did yeah this abandoned cabin that I think the last time it was visited I think there was a date for like when the power was on and it was like 2013 oh, and wow. this place was freaking creepy like it looked it looked like a time capsule because we weren't able to get all the way inside. We were able to walk into like the. It
0: must be the first time you said that.
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> damn!
0: I meant that as a compliment, but anyway.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! But
0: Scott's, uh, a, Scott's a little worse for wear this morning, but we'll. Or sorry, this evening, but we'll get into that later.
1: It, yeah, yeah. The, the, oh boy, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that cabin was pretty cool. Like, you could. We were looking through the windows, and it looked like a time capsule from the seventies. Like all like 70s furniture and old school appliances but then like the creepy part was there was a cage hanging from a tree and
0: a the- well, trapper's cage
1: yeah it looked like a trapper's cage but it was like the size of a like you could probably fit like a medium-sized animal in it or like i was joking a human baby <laughs> like, that what was about the size a of scott
0: cage. could you fit a scott in it
1: you could probably fit scott's head in there
0: Oh man, I need to get me one of those. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. So you you had a good time, basically. Is what oh,
1: yeah, I had a blast. I was sore as hell. Been out like pretty much didn't wear a shirt almost the entire week except oh, for like man. maybe see, a little. see only
0: page people. Don't you want to see shirtless smoke shows, Scott Crawford?
1: That's right. And actually, now speaking of smoke show. Uh, while up north, gotta give a shout out to uh, Darren Wilson from the Psycho-Semantic cast for uh, the awesome Photoshop that he did of was me pretty awesome. yeah i shared it to our podcast page but uh yeah it was he photoshopped my face over uh was it burt reynolds on the deliverance poster and put even spoke awesome. show crawford as the actor name <laughs> so
0: cat, scott just got attacked by his cat it was pretty funny as he's trying to tell the story the cat was basically like all over his face
1: Yep, crawling all, all over that,
0: me all that pussy all over the place. Um. So I'm, I'm antagonizing Scott extra bad tonight, or because he partied it up with another podcaster last night. I don't know if you want to reveal who that podcaster was.
1: Oh, of course I will. Uh, yeah, our buddy, uh, our friend Adam Thomas from the Double Edge Double Bill podcast.
0: And they were double Fist and drinks last night. And it, oh my god! Poor Scott's feeling a little. He's not. He's not an experienced alcoholic like me, so he doesn't. <laughs> he can't handle his liquor like pound and powell
1: can <laughs> pound and powell i love that <laughs> that that's gonna be your nickname for the show now oh, yeah
0: yeah pound and powell i'm sure everyone will assume that's alcohol <laughs> yep that's <good>. excellent <laughs> or, i'll take what i can get you know what? or
1: double fist and powell
0: <laughs> double fist and powell even better <laughs> i can't wait for my fans only page i think <laughs> i'm gonna get more patrons than you are
1: oh that's already um, a, that's a given <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah you guys had a good time last night
1: yeah we had a blast uh like because we found out we only live about 40 45 minutes away from each other so i went out to his place on his birthday last year or not last year last month and hung out with him and then yeah he came over crashed over here last night he brought 50 beers and when he left this morning we had nine beers left and that was between me him and my roommate tim and then we had
0: Uh, formerly the podcast by the cemetery
1: yes yeah my former co-host and uh we also had, what was it a uh, margaritas and then a couple shots too? So yeah, it was, pfft. Scott was wasted last night.
0: You were shot, shot, shot. Everybody.
1: I was more you like shot, kid and shot, 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 stumble to the floor.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? You need to really... It's good. You need to start training for when you come up here. I right. uh, I don't want no white late, lightweights up here,
1: so... That's, I got a party Canadian style, apparently.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of Canadian style, I met my own podcaster. That's true, you did. Mm-hmm. So, as many Exploding Head patrons are aware of, Christian and myself met up on... Friday night uh we did an exchange of drugs no just kidding we did an exchange of uh I have a raptors mask that I got and um, I'm a big raptors fan so it's Christian and I got a bunch of them I'm actually gonna go see him again because I got some extra ones um so I'm gonna anyway we did that and we exchanged for he gave me night of the creeps which was really really nice of him to do that he didn't have to and I hung out with him and met his kids and uh, yeah, he's a he's a cool dude. Like, you know, when you meet someone who's been doing podcasting for as long as he has, it's really humbling. You know, I I joked with him that I felt like I was making meeting a celebrity, and he laughed. But I actually did feel that way
1: because yeah, I can see that.
0: You know he he really is larger than life, funny, and he's a good looking man. Like he is like in his mid forties, and he doesn't look. Older than
1: thirty-five, and yeah, I was gonna say because he looks like about our age.
0: He is just, you know, a, a joy to be around. We will probably get together again. I'm really hoping I can guest on TGIF, um, his TGIF for thirteen, a show that he does with Vince, um, and we'll probably hang out. And if Scott comes up here, with we'll definitely we'll go out for drinks. Yeah, and I can't wait. Um, and chill. So that was kind of my. Um, probably my highlight <laughs> since scott's been gone um i also caught up on some movies and the movie theaters opened here and i saw a couple of new releases in the theater Lucky. so first time i've seen a movie before americans have in, yeah, right. in cases so um it's been it's been a pretty like cool time and we're coming to the end of august and getting ready to go back to school hence our topic but really scott is the one that's had more party stories and more going on than me which is weird
1: yeah I was gonna say we've kind of like reversed roles here because yeah like usually you're the one talking about how you're going out and partying and doing this like but you did go out a couple times on the weekend and like
0: oh yeah well I go out every weekend it
1: yeah <laughs> I say, go like, out all the time <laughs> like this is just new because it's like oh Scott did it for once <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, and you were away for a week up north, right? And that's a pretty yeah. awesome opportunity. So, um, you know, while the, what is it? While the cat's away, the mice will play. So I got into some more 2020 watches and I want to talk about, hair, insert hair flip here, my two theatrical releases that I saw in the theater. So the first one so is- I'm considering a horror film because I do believe it's similar to Joyride for those of you that have seen Joyride from 2011, Uh, but it's Russell Crowe and it's called Unhinged. Now, I don't know if Scott has had a chance to see a preview to this or not. Have you, have you seen it?
1: Nope. Have no, I've not seen a preview for it. And I, I'm kind of curious to see what will happen here in the U.S. with this movie. Like, is it going to come to like some of the theaters and eventually VOD? I have no idea. You haven't seen a
0: preview? What a loser. Know, right? um, <laughs> you just didn't want to tease yourself.
1: Just right exactly stuff. make myself feel bad. You'd be
0: like, anywhere watch this movie if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> that's what you sound like. That's an oh. accurate description of definitely what Scott sounds like.
1: Wah, wah. Wah,
0: wah. Um no, great movie. Russell Crowe is in it. It's in, you know, in a in a nutshell, it's it's about road rage. And uh this woman She pisses off Russell Crowe, a very innocent thing that I think most of us have done on the road before, and it's a balls-to-the-walls movie. There is some graphic kills in this movie, uh, stuff that I did not expect walking into this film. I thought it was going to be more of a thriller. Within 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I'm like, nope, this is a slasher. And the only difference is you know the dude who's doing it, and you're just in it for this ride. And it is definitely a movie I probably wouldn't have gone to the theater if things were running normally. So, if there were other theatrical watches, this probably would have gone to the high, like to the side, because I would have chose something else. And I think they knew that. And that's why they released it now. And I'll talk more about the theater experience later, but it was almost sold out for COVID status. So, you know, there is a limited amount of people that can go into the theater at any given time. And it's short. Like, I was in the theater at 9. It started at 9, and we were done by 10.30. Like, in that, and out. Right? That's nice. Now, mind you, there's not a lot of previews right now. There's not a lot of commercials because there's not a lot of people going to the movie theater. Um, so, a lot of companies aren't putting money into advertising, but it was, it was definitely a ride. Uh, the second one I'm going to talk about is Peninsula. And this is such my bragging right. I have, can't express how good I feel that I've been able to see this movie and tell other people about it who haven't seen it
1: (laughs) yeah because like i think it just came out this friday in the u.s
0: and you know i I, not that i wish ill on my u.s brothers and sisters at all but in canada we always get the short end of the stick
1: yeah you do always
0: get the later releases we always you know there's times where i can't i still can't find ghost hunters like I d- ghost killers versus Bloody Mary, yeah, yeah, whatever it is, ghost killers versus Bloody Mary or whatever it's called. Um, but this came out. I went and saw it in four, um, four DX, which yeah, is I... basically ride motioned, which was insane. I Probably still should have want a, to
1: experience that.
0: Oh, you'll. I'll take you when you come up here. It was. It was. And there's some crazy chase scenes in this, and it is nuts. So basically, the premise. Um, it's it's taking place four years after train to train to Besson, and it's looking at what the world looks like and i will leave it at that there is definitely some characters that you get introduced to early on you think they're going to be the main characters and then stuff switches around and there's new characters introduced and there's definitely some cheese cheese in this and they definitely made it more americanized because they speak english 50% of the movie. Oh, really? So even though it's subtitled, there's a lot of English speaking that occurs, which is fine, um, but definitely made this one more Americanized than they did for Train to Busan, in my opinion. Okay. Um, you guys can, yourself and other people can be the judge of that in the States when, when you get to watch it. Yeah, you know, and apparently,
1: actually. sorry to interrupt, um, but yeah, apparently I just found out today that I guess the train boot, or that Peninsula was released in theaters today or Friday here in the US and was originally supposed to be the same day as VOD. Well, now it's looking like the VOD release is not till October. Wow. I probably won't be seeing this till October.
0: I feel really bad for you.
1: I actually do.
0: Like, I think that really sucks. Um, You know, I was in the theater. No, I went on a Tuesday night and I was one of uh, eight people that were there. And I, I have no fear going back to the theater, and we'll talk about this later. And I think it's very important that we support the theaters. I, I feel very strongly about this for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. And I, I went twice that week, and I may go again this weekend, because New Mutants have been released. And I'm not a huge comic book fan, but you know what? I will go watch it. Tenant um, is being released here as well, and I, I may go see that too. Which, what is it? Tenant.
1: T- oh, yeah, the Christopher yeah. Nolan film. Yeah, because I, I heard New Mutants, like, just from the trailer I seen a long time ago, it looks kind of horror movie-ish in a way, too, so it kind of fits.
0: It looks very, like, comic booky. Yeah. Which, usually, I'm kind of burnt out on comic books, but I'll be mm-hmm. honest, I'm just going to support the theater.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, like, I would be, too.
0: If I have a slight interest in it, like, I won't go watch Spongebob, but...
1: Like, I thought you were watching. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know, like, you are teasing me about, but you were just jealous because I had the movie theater and you weren't. I was. Um, But... If I even have a slight interest, I'm going. So these two movies, highly recommend. Um, when my American brothers and sisters get a chance to watch Unhinged or Peninsula, worth it. 100% both are worth it. Both are worth it in the theater. If you can get out to the theater to see it, um, it will enhance the experience for you for sure.
1: Yeah. One of these days. One of these days it will happen for me again.
0: One of these days it will happen. And then the next one we have both seen. Nope. No. Okay. It's just me. I saw <laughs> The Animal Among Us. Now this was a very much a low budget film and it basically takes place. It's It was a screener that we got. I don't believe it's been released anywhere yet. Hence why it's a screener. And it takes place at a campground where there is a suspected killer or something in the woods an animal attack or whatever and the camp was condemned because of it and the killer was never found and there's a writer that writes about this campground and then he gets kind of called to the campground so there's a whole bunch of character development that goes on very much like a slasher I saw it a couple of weeks ago now because obviously Scott was gone and I watched 2020 (laughs) movies to try to beat him and you did I did but it, it was pretty good. I think that it's definitely worth the rental for like two ninety nine. Currently, right now it's available on Google Play, Prime Video, Tubi, um, and Apple. So my apologies. It has been released. So you definitely can watch it. It's it's ninety minutes, it's not long. I don't think there's really anyone in here that anyone would really know. I, I think maybe people that have had small roles and stuff like that before. But good little slasher, entertaining, worth a watch.
1: Nice. That's that's one I'm gonna be eventually checking out because I cause we both got the screen I just haven't had a chance to watch it.
0: Awesome. It is low budget. You know, I will yeah. make sure I put out there it is low budget. So don't be expecting some crazy effects and, and stuff, but it's not bad at all. It's 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 entertaining. Now, have you seen She Dies Tomorrow?
1: Nope, that's another one I need to watch. Oh like, my you,
0: goodness. Well, this is what
1: happens when you like play catch up and I'm while well, I'm gone on vacation and like you watch a bunch of movies I haven't had a chance to.
0: Well, she dies tomorrow is a 2020 film. It is eighty four minutes in length, and basically, it talks about the impending fear of death and the social um, construction of how we view death, what and, and kind of the buildup to it. And it's a little bit of a psychological film as well as a sociological experiment of how people communicate with each other. It's a very, very dialogue-heavy, character-driven. Watch. I'm not even gonna say it's a slow burn because there's no real payoff. It there's nothing that happens at the end that's there's this huge climax. It's basically just a journey that you go on with a couple of characters as they deal with this idea of death and the concept of death. And I really connected with this movie because for me, I used to be very afraid of death and would worry about it all the time. And like every day I'd be like, well, maybe tomorrow I'm going to die. Like it was like a constant thing I thought about until I almost did die. And I ended up in the hospital, very sick. And obviously I didn't die because I'm here today. Thank God. And, yeah. And Scott would have never met me. and We never would have had Friday nightmares. And the world <laughs> never would have been blessed with our jokes. Um, <laughs> but it's, it definitely speaks to that. But this is a, you know, I can't stress character development, dialogue heavy. It's like watching a play where there's no real outcome and you're kind of just enjoying the relationships and interactions of these people. So this is going to be a film that people are either going to find no value in and be bored to tears, or it's going to be a film that is much more enjoyable. Like even Vivarium had more of an outcome to it. Like, okay. I wouldn't even compare it to that, because that has a climax. I didn't find that this really had a climax. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It um, doesn't mean it's a bad movie, but it's very much an arthouse movie. Like, I was talking to another podcaster about this, and we talked about the use of bright lights, music, <laughs> angled shots. You know, like, it just has, like, a very artistic film. Uh, so yeah, I would honestly, for, for you, Scott, I think you should check it out, but you got to be in the right stamina mind where you're ready to focus on something that's heavy.
1: Gotcha. uh, That'll be something I will probably try to get to this week. Okay, great. And I expect uh, you to. Okay. I'll, I'll do my homework (laughs) (laughs) and you can grade me afterwards. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, I can do the uh, next one finally because there's a movie that we both oh watched. Oh my God, fuck. <laughs> I'm tired
0: of doing all this heavy lifting while you're hung over oh. there. Even looks pale. You guys, I almost. We should do a video release of Scott like this because usually it's me that looks yeah. sober over and shitty. And, you know, this is what it's like to be on the other side. And, you know, Scott, you should strive to be more like me and leave a, I, a clean lifestyle.
1: <laughs> I, I can't, there's no way I can compete with the likes of. Pound and Powell. Oh,
0: Pound and Powell. Oh, my God, what a horrible nickname. But yeah, it's probably going to stick. That's okay. That's, okay. I'll
1: That's great. It. I'll take all of it. it. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs>
0: yeah, you will. Okay, anyway, back to the movie.
1: All right. So uh, the movie that we both watched uh, is Blackwater Abyss, which was like the sequel to Blackwater from like, I think, four or five years ago. Uh, it's just a simple creature feature killer crocodile style film these people uh fall into this pit and it's like a kind of like a cave system and i think a really bad storm comes through and like starts flooding it and then all of a sudden there is a killer crocodile that hunts these people down that are were hiking in the woods and it's very uh by the numbers like for a creature very feature by numbers, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like but it was still enjoyable i mean it didn't do anything the only part I found was really silly was the uh, coincidences at the very end that oh, kept yeah, happening. Oh, yeah, that was pretty funny, yeah. But, yeah, I thought it was just, uh, just an enjoyable, fun, easy watch.
0: And there's a certain movie that it reminded me of that had to do with caves as well that I felt like it was very similar to that.
1: Oh, yeah. I think um, I know what you're talking about.
0: And, you know, it's 98 minutes runtime, it's definitely, it's all Australians in it. Yep. Tim Davis is in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Calling plays, everything a couple. He
0: plays the protagonist. <laughs> every- I won't even say it. You can say it. Um, he plays the protagonist. Uh, Daniel plays the alligator, the crocodile. <laughs> Yes. From. it's not it's sorry horror for dummies i'm seeing up my podcast now but i enjoyed it i i thought it was a pretty simple film you know it i i think it's a vod like i don't think this was a theater.
1: yeah this was yeah this was straight to vod i think
0: yeah like it, it's pretty predictable like <laughs> oh, yeah. um but it the crocodile looked pretty good i thought
1: yeah i think like the effects in it looked really well um had some good tense moments but yeah it was just Typical creature feature, like if you're going and expecting that, you'll have fun with it.
0: Yeah, it's an easy watch. It's an easy 2020 watch. It's high up in my list, not because it's bad, um, just because it's, it's simple. Kind of like Deep Blue, 3, Deep Blue C3.
1: Yeah, I, which, you know, was actually fun.
0: Yeah, really fun and better than the second one. The second one is a piece of garbage.
1: Yeah, I completely avoided that one.
0: Yeah, like this one was way better. So yeah, I would put them on par with each other. I think they're both entertaining, fun,
1: easy to watch. Nice. Yeah, I completely agree.
0: Like, I would be surprised. They may hit some people's top ten. I know Don's a big fan of Deep Blue C3. Um, I think majority of people probably won't put it up there,
1: but nothing's wrong with them. Right, They're an easy movie to watch. Yep, exactly. Like, just something fun. Uh, and then the next film is one that you seen that I have not.
0: You haven't seen Prey slash Uncaged?
1: Not yet. got the, the lion? Like... Wrong. Yep. Because that's the one that was subtitled, and I have to watch it at home because I can't watch that at work and pay attention to it.
0: No, you don't really need to pay attention that hard.
1: <laughs> Which, by the way, I did find out, though, <laughs> the uh, director is the same director who did The Lift. Oh, really? Yeah, the guy that did the Killer Elevator movie.
0: <laughs> I like The Lift, actually. I think that's actually a pretty fun movie. It is. Um, it was just
1: really cheesy. I loved Oh, it. yeah,
0: it's super cheesy, but like it was fun. So anyway, this movie actually came out in 2016. So I went to check because on Shudder, it says 2020. And on Shudder, it's called Uncaged, but it's actually called Prey. Okay. And that was the original name for it. So it came out in, oh my gosh, now I can't remember the country. And I'm going to (laughs) just, I'm going to do a real North American shit and say Europe. It came out in (laughs) Europe in uh, 2016, but it did not come to the United States and Canada until this year. Which okay. Is why we were able to have it on our 2020 list. So this kind of reminded me of um a much better version of what nah Zumbies is still pretty shitty. <laughs> oh funny. Um the the lion, the CG of the lion is not bad. You know, it's a big ass lion.
1: Oh okay. and it kills
0: people. Like we're not looking at anything here that's out of the box complicated. It's 110 minute running time probably a little too long for this movie it probably could have been 88 90 minutes long they could have easily shaved off 20 minutes but it's entertaining and i think for a new watch on shutter and if you like lions and like the lion messes shit up like the lion takes no prisoners nice and people get killed who you don't think are going to get killed nice and the blood is pretty good the gore is pretty good uh it's a natural slow build to it for a shutter watch it, absolutely i recommend it and honestly with the subtitles you could be half watching it and get what's going on oh okay like they switch back and forth at one point from english to i'm not I sure it, what the language is but i think it was danish danish um they switch back and forth a little bit towards the end but it's it's a very very easy film to watch
1: nice yeah that's because it's one i want to check out as well because i'm like there isn't too many killer lion horror films out there but i think the only one i can think of is ghost in the darkness
0: which is such a good movie Man. yeah that movie's great we talked about it already so we don't need to talk about it again but right <laughs> it's mad mad like no i don't blame the lions like they're just pissed right you know every time there's a creature feature i always end up cheering for the creature i never am like yeah damn creature i'm always like yeah fuck shit up. well
1: yeah usually it's because Humans are stupid in walking into the territory of these animals.
0: Yeah, or I just get mad about animal. Um, I was going to say imprisonment, but that's not the right word to use, even though it's how I feel. Um, I, I sometimes get mad when people mask conservation with uh, preservation. Oh like, yeah, or not preservation, or in, in imprisonment, in my opinion. Like what I, you know, not to go too deep into it, but Tiger King, mm-hmm. a piece of mm-hmm. shit Netflix documentary that never would have. Like, it was about a bunch of fucking hicks that, like, had these exotic cats that never should have them. Yeah. And that, that only did well because it was COVID and no one else had anything else to do. But, like, you know, I look at shit like that and I always hope that the cats are going to eat their owners.
1: <laughs> oh, same here. Oh, same <laughs>
0: you know here. what I mean? Like, I just, I just think it's so – and people that go to them, like, it just – anyway, it really gets under my skin. But anyway, this is a good movie and I definitely recommend checking it out.
1: Yeah, this will be one I'm going to try to watch this week as well for sure yeah, i'm for caught sure. up from work yeah once
0: yeah are you all caught up at work now are you they still like
1: yeah. uh everything like i had piles and piles and piles of stuff to deal with but now that i went through that week i've pretty much got it all back to normal
0: right that's good because it's going to take a week for your liver to grow back to normal too
1: i'm um... <laughs> <Yeah>, no kidding
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm even wondering if we should be doing this tonight for scott <laughs>
1: god i'm a trooper what can i say I'll pop, i'm will like are you sure this- you
0: want to record he's like know, yeah, let's do this <laughs> i feel like i should be like hey scott you want to get a drink <laughs>
1: <laughs> god no the hair of the dog no i'm good
0: <laughs> you know what's so funny there's this chick i know and she's always like she gets freaking wasted all the time and she'll be like oh my god I'm so a hungover i'm not gonna drink again and i'm like you're such a liar <laughs> like don't i never have said i'm never gonna drink again i've been like man that was bad Can't wait to do it again.
1: (laughs) Me, it's uh, usually—I think I've only said that once. Where I'm like, I'm not gonna do this again. But that was to because I got to the point where I was puking, and I haven't got to that point since.
0: Amateur. (laughs) You know what you do when you puke? You puke it all out, and then you go back and you take more. Okay.
1: No, this is hangover. This is hangover. Well, this is hangover puking, not puking of the night. Oh, I've never puked while drunk.
0: Oh man, I have. I puked and gone right back out drinking.
1: Cause you're a freaking trooper. I am <laughs> <You're> hardcore.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm hardcore. Pound and Powell. That's who I am. <laughs> yes. Hardcore Heather Pound and Powell. That's All right. right. That's we, like a fucking wrestler name.
1: It kind of does. It's fitting for you since you're such a huge wrestling fan. It's
0: hmm, true. Hear that, Dave C? What's your wrestling name? <laughs> All right. You uh, you saw this one, right?
1: Yes. You hey, told right. me
0: about it. Yeah
1: yeah yes i'll bring this one in um this is this one was actually suggested uh by the taminator from the rotten round table horror cast uh i believe this may be her number one of the year like she was hyping it up that much that she loved it so i was like all right gotta check this out had no clue what i was getting into with it and damn this is like a legit like scary movie like this one actually like creeped me out a lot and like because it's all done on an abandoned uh, World War II vessel mm-hmm. and it's I think it's I think it all takes place during World War II like where these guys end up taking shelter on this abandoned vessel and well the cargo that is on this vessel let's just say they are ancient vampires
0: and like scary
1: yeah they are they are not your like pretty vampires these are like your straight up like uh just straight up monsters Mm
0: -hmm. they are how scott looks like right now
1: yeah exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) he looks like a vampire off a blood vessel
1: (laughs) man this movie was just really good like the effects were incredible like it kept you in the like literally kept you in the dark the entire movie because obviously abandoned ship like that which made it even the creep factor even more plus i really tend to love like when there's like these abandoned ships and people go on them and like bad stuff starts happening it's like a perf- a great setting.
0: It's Scott's fantasy.
1: It is. Like I would totally explore an abandoned ship. He explores everything
0: that's abandoned.
1: Yep. <laughs> that's true. I'm and all about as it. As soon as Liver is
0: going to abandon him.
1: I'll just explore <laughs> that. <laughs> but yeah, I I thought all the uh cast did great in this. The effects were awesome. Like it had a really good story. The ending I thought was really cool
0: yeah you're you're and the poster would pass the poster art challenge i think
1: oh yeah the cover for that is yeah the cover for that is incredible like it gives away what the movie is on the cover but
0: well and it's a 93 minute runtime which is which is good i find that when you start going over 90 95 minutes you better be interesting yeah, And I think Creature Features, which is what my, you know, my feedback for Prey slash Uncages, is, is that movie's way too long. It does not need to be as long as 110 minutes. And I think if you are going to pass that hour and a half mark, you better be doing some fucking good shit. Because if you're going to be a two hour, two and a half hour horror movie, it better be interesting. Like, as much as I'm not the biggest Midsommar fan in the entire planet which I'm not, I respect the film. I think it's very interesting, but I don't love it. I do understand why it is long as it is. I may not enjoy parts of it, but everything in that film is included for a reason. And I will give it that, right? And that is why it is so long. Now, mind you, I've never seen the director's cut, nor do I plan on it,
1: but- Actually, you did when we watched, uh, when we did the uh, commentary for the horror return. Did
0: I? Oh my God, no wonder it took so long. Okay. So, (laughs) and I didn't remember scenes- um but yeah that i've seen it twice and and anyway like unless you're midsummer you should not be doing a two and a half hour fucking horror movie so i'm really happy when i see something like this 93 minutes perfect length of time
1: yep fast and to the point especially Mm -hmm. when it's like something like a movie like this that has like a fairly simple plot it's like boom like just like most slasher films like
0: like most of my dates fairly simple (laughs) to the point (laughs) let's not waste our time
1: what are dates (laughs) <laughs> inside joke
0: <laughs> they're actually this dessert you can get <laughs> oh okay <Yeah>. perfect
1: <laughs> uh, but then I got two more 2020 films that I was to no. bring up one that we both watched and one that I watched
0: you can't oh. talk about your 2020 films
1: I'm going to because I'm special <laughs> beard flip beard flip yeah beard flip, Bear flip. um <laughs> But the one I'll talk about first is the one that I seen. Uh, this one was released on Shutter on Thursday, and that was "Random Acts of Violence,"
0: which I didn't get in Canada. You didn't get it? No, I can't get it in Canada. It's not Ugh. on Shutter right now. No.
1: Dang it! All right, well that's another one I'll have to try finding a way to get to you because yeah, this is a great movie. Like it is a modern day slasher with kind of an art house feel to it that's yeah, got a very art house style feel to it with like the way it is shot and filmed um cuz it's about this comic book artist who is pretty much doing this comic book series on this known serial killer from back in the day and the serial killer had never been found and so he was Ooh. doing a comic book series on him and then he was going on the road to do like the circuit to promote the comics yeah. and then all of a sudden killings start happening that are that are the exact same style kills that are in his books (gasps) so he's got like someone that is pretty much copying that and yeah it's very violent it's got some very good kills uh some very disturbing kills very creepy and yeah just a very solid slasher film like this is a high recommend like this is probably i haven't decided where i'm placing it on my list yet but it's definitely gonna be in my top 20 somewhere
0: Well, that's because you can't see straight today so it's pretty hard
1: that's <laughs> true it mm-hmm. always is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: um, is awesome i look forward to uh watching it in three years when canada gets it
1: yeah <laughs> like i say i'll see what i can do to get, <laughs> get you a copy of it to watch
0: <laughs> awesome thank you my friend
1: oh you're welcome and the other one is the one that we both seen and that was what we watched last sunday cruel peter
0: oh yeah i forgot about cruel peter yeah like- oh, what do you know
1: <laughs> it was It's one of those films where you look at the cover And this is definitely not passing the Dave Z uh, Cover test like, You
0: notice how much we talk about exploding heads
1: That's because that's we're headaches
0: I feel like I feel like we're obsessed
1: Well we are stalkerish I mean you have stalked pretty much two of them at least <laughs> It's true
0: I, Dave Z
1: yep. <laughs> Just went
0: to those borders open
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm stalking Junior from afar right now
0: Oh, uh, how could you not? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, oh, back to the movie. Yeah, Cruel Peter, Thea. Uh...
0: <laughs> also, like, a Peter. Peter, is that a name that is used sometimes?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> we are, like, so out of it today. It's awesome. I love it. No, you're
0: out of it, and I'm toying with you, like, cat
1: with a mouse. <laughs> that's so true. Okay, that's, that's fair. Uh, but, yeah, Cruel Peter was, uh... Like, it has, like, the very most generic-looking horror cover, but Mark Nato from the horror cast had talked about how, like, he really liked it. And with Mark Nato, I know his tastes, and him and I sometimes agree and disagree, depending on the films. And
0: sometimes he's wrong, and...
1: Yeah, exactly. Sometimes he's right. Yeah, exactly. I get and, it. But, yeah, this one I thought was pretty good, because it's about this, like, vicious little kid that ends up getting uh, buried alive, and then ends up basically being like a possession film, like when it moves into the few like a couple, was it a hundred years later, a couple hundred years later? Mm-hmm. And yeah, for the like for the possession exorcism style horror film, I thought it was pretty good. Like, it's not like, oh my god, this is amazing, but no, I thought it was good. Like, it was creepy. It had a, like, it was very well shot and produced. It's like weird. the acting the was really good. Doesn't
0: have the runtime, um, and it's funny because it's available on Netflix. Hoopla. Hoopla?
1: Yep, yeah, Hoopla's the Hoopla? uh uh where you can rent from the library.
0: Ah, uh, Tubi. Tubi has it too, which is kinda cool. Um Amazon yeah. Prime. And it's on Prime. And yeah, it was Netflix Canada is where I watched it. And it was it, I would I think your observation is pretty cool. It, it's true. It's a ghost story. The kid's a real piece of shit. Um Cruel Peter is kind of an understatement to how horrible this kid is.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
0: and it's it's a it's a smooth ride. Would I would I sit there and be like, "Oh man, best film of 2020?" No. But out of 126 films, I believe I have it in the 70s. So it yeah, definitely was enjoyable enough. If if you're looking to really, you know, narrow down your watches, I don't think this is something that is <sighs> I didn't give it a 7 out of 10. I think I gave it a 6 or
1: a 6.5. Yeah, I, I was um, the one that gave it a 7. You gave it a 6.
0: Yeah, you always give it a high. Or the, that's, that's right. Unless it's like politically angry movies. Because someone <laughs> called me out on it the other day that I, like, that I, I only give movies high, high um, ratings if they have societal horrors. And I always say, well, what was really good about it is it reflected the horrors in society. And I like, true. I was laughing so hard that I was crying when this person said this to me it was over the phone and it was fucking, like it nailed it like it's totally something i would say um so anyway i i did enjoy it though i think it's a worth a watch but i don't i don't know if it's going to hit many people's top 10s or 20s or whatever.
1: right it's just yeah it's just some, it's just one of those another easy watches
0: yes absolutely and we scott and i are like anything is things that are easy
1: yes we love it easy we do we <laughs> love it easy um but yeah that's the end of the 2020 films so i guess uh, we should jump into the older films that you watched and i have one then i'll wait till yours are done
0: i know. Well, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have a pretty impressive list
1: <laughs> well i i have a bunch more but they're all themed with our topic and i was just like ah, I'll, yeah I'll because
0: i noticed recently when we were doing movies we we're like balls to the wall theme topic
1: yeah like, like we're, we're
0: like we, we doubled down.
1: Well, like, and I, like I was telling you, when, uh, like, I love it when we get our theme because there's days where like, if, we, if we've already recorded our episode like after tonight and we won't know what our next episode is going to be yet, I struggle to figure out what I'm going to watch because I'm like, I just don't know what to look for. And then when we do a theme, I'm going, oh, I'll cr- look up a list of movies. And then, oh, I haven't seen these. I should check these out. And then I just go balls to the wall with it. <laughs> I think we do have a theme for our next episode. Oh yes, I think we do. I think we do. <laughs> I think we do. Well, we'll leave that as a
0: surprise at the end. We wanna, we wanna keep people wanting more. So, the <laughs> older films that I watched, the first one was Blood Rage, nineteen eighty-seven.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, Nightmare <laughs> at Shadow Woods. I Is think. that what it's
0: also called?
1: Yep. Or Nightmare. I think it's Nightmare in Shadow Woods.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's um, it's interesting. I remember you had mentioned it.
1: Yeah, like when we were first talking, because I watched it on Thanksgiving. Like, yes. I'll talk to you about it then.
0: And I had never got around to watching it. And then through a good friend's Plex, he had it. And I was like, oh, great. Because sometimes it's really hard to find these 1980 movies. Yeah. Like, it's, you, you can't even find them to rent sometimes. Like, I'll, one of the movies that we were covering tonight, I couldn't even rent in Ontario. Oh, wow. I tried to rent it last night and I couldn't even do that. So, anyway, I couldn't watch it, bottom line. So, but, um, uh, fun movie a little bit of spoilers here it's it's basically about two twins and one of the twins commits this gruesome murder in a drive-in movie theater and gets locked away and the idea is that the wrong twin gets locked away yeah and then that twin escapes and chaos um occurs for a low budget 1980s film i really enjoyed it and there's a heart Breaking scene at the end,
1: oh yeah, one of the
0: twins and the mom, and you know it, it was heavy, yeah, like it was a heavy film for that ending scene, and i I don't know if I would run out and rewatch it anytime soon. I didn't see it really Thanksgiving E besides the fact of like they ate some turkey and mashed potatoes
1: <laughs> well, well, the, in the line it's not cranberry sauce said a couple different times,
0: yeah, like there was I'll some bet. stupid shit like that but it, I don't know it, it wasn't it, it was okay I'm glad I saw it but I wouldn't say it's one of those 1980 slashers that you just gotta go out and, and watch
1: and I would say it is it's in my top 10 slashers of all time I love are you
0: fucking kidding me
1: I love love you're love fucking kidding movie. me no, no don't oh I do like I love the fact that the guy that's playing both twins like he does an amazing job like okay to-
0: yeah I'll give you that yeah
1: the kills are mean and violent and like really gory, like I, more than I expected for especially practical effects eighty slasher like that. Like especially so low budget. Um, I just love the whole idea of the wrong twin being uh, locked up and like him being blamed. Why for. is it
0: because you locked up your twin?
1: I ate my twin.
0: You hate your <laughs> no i
1: just I, I it's just one of those 80 slashers it's like an easy watch it's one of the very few thanksgiving movies and well
0: it's one not of the, really thanksgiving it's just
1: no it's got like know. it's like a just a theme to like there's that theme there that you can use as the excuse uh, to watch i guess
0: it. this sounds like an american thing yeah okay it's a, it's but, a thanksgiving movie
1: uh but it's it, i'll just say it's better than. uh Thanks, killing and home sweet home.
0: <laughs> All right, I gotta check those out next. So we'll see.
1: Maybe no, you later. no you don't. You do not want to see those. I don't
0: know. You liked this one, and I thought this one was okay. Like I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just have better taste. Maybe I'm or wrong. maybe you
1: just have poor taste.
0: Maybe it's just not, yeah. It's not,
1: it's not political and talking about the societal (laughs) horror.
0: That's right. There's no political talking. It's so true. I can't. It's just
1: not a Heather jam.
0: (laughs) You know what? It's just not my jam because it doesn't fit the small box of things I like. Um, (laughs) but yeah, anyway, that was that was a first time watch for me. And then on uh, a recommendation of Brandon Orlick from Exploding Heads, I watched A Girl Walks Home alone at night. And, uh, wow. It's a really good movie. Is it? I'm not just saying that because I'm in love with Brandon. <laughs> Same.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: kidding. Um, I'm saying that because it's actually really good. Now it's, it is definitely, um, you got to put your thinking cap on, it's not a movie you should be watching when you're tired or you're not focused. Cause you do need to focus throughout it. Like, first of all, it's subtitled. So you're going to be reading throughout it. And it's very slow. Uh, oh, you've seen it, right?
1: Uh, I've seen parts of it and passed out to it. Cause I was, it was on the Joe, uh, the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. Mm. He did it, and it was the last movie of the okay. night. And, yeah, okay.
0: I think if you watched it when you're alert, you would be feeling a lot better about it. You do have to be alert. You do have to kind of be in the zone to watch it.
1: Yeah, because I've been very curious about this one.
0: The opening I did not enjoy. The opening scene I thought was dragged for me. But then as it goes, it gets really good. And there's some really like sexy scenes without being sexy. Like they're not actual sex scenes, but they're this very sexy for the eye, very good use of sex appeal um, without being over the top. Oh, okay. And a good ending and good use of music, good use of filming. Like, it's just a really masterfully done film. Nice.
1: Yeah, this is so what I'll I definitely have to rewatch, or yeah. I will try to watch.
0: I think I think as long as you're in the right spi- place of mind, right? Like, there's certain right. movies that you can't watch if, unless you're focused. Like, She Dies Tomorrow is an excellent movie. But if you're not focused or into that kind of film, you're not going to enjoy it. Right right so you have to be there in order to like it so that would be my only recommendation
1: all right Uh, and then i guess i can talk about the uh one film well i guess i can just talk about both of them because i've almost finished the other one but psycho 2 from 1983 and psycho 3 from i think 1986 or 1987 oh cool uh because i've only ever watched the original psycho never seen any of the sequels so I've been slowly making my way through them because I've heard good things like I heard part four is not that great but I'm it's the fourth and final one so I'm gonna at least watch and watch it and finish off the series but the second one is uh, Norman Bates uh, gets released from the asylum after like you know dressing up as his mother from the first film and killing uh, Marion Crane and all that and then he's just kind of Starts working at this cafe and has like moves back into the old uh, Bates Hotel. Mm. And while he's doing this, he makes friends with this woman that's working at the cafe as well, who is looking for a place to live or just find a place to stay because she broke up with her boyfriend. So he's offering like, "Well, oh, I got this motel. You're welcome to stay here." And then while she's staying there, like things start happening, people start disappearing, and like I'll go into spoilers for this cuz it's 83 but like it's pr- like but it's pretty much this girl and her mother are messing with uh Norman Bates. Why? Cuz the uh, the mother especially like I guess Norman Bates killed I guess Marion Crane I think or someone was these people's aunt and sister. And so they're fucking with Norman, Norman Bates and making him think that he he's killing again and like they're dressing up like his mother and shit like that just to fuck with him and just very very engaging great story great acting very solid like from beginning to end like this is a 10 out of 10 like i loved this movie this was really really good i think i like this just as much as the first movie maybe even more
0: that's awesome
1: yeah and then uh i'm almost done with part three but i've pretty much got to the end of it and part three plays out definitely more like a total 80s horror film uh you got jeff fahey in it um he's like this rock and roll dude that shows up at the bates motel because yep norman bates is just running the motel no one's been there for a while and then yep just another woman a uh, nun that runs away from her habit ends up uh showing up and she looks a lot like marion crane so norman bates starts having weird flashbacks and like starts freaking out about it but this one definitely is a lot more like the 80s hard rock style, like with the way it's shot, the way it's filmed, uh, a little more sleazy, things like that. And But yeah, this is still a really good, solid uh, sequel to the trilogy. Like, awesome. I, I recommend it.
0: You recommend both? Yeah. Okay.
1: But I am definitely a, think I'm definitely a fan of the Psycho series so far. Just need to see part four.
0: Awesome. I'll have to check out two and three. If you like it, I may. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> Obvious, but I mean, obviously, you know, you got to see if you got as good taste as me.
0: I know. We'll see if I, I have up to the taste that Smoke Show Crawford does.
1: Right. I'll say Pound and Powell, Pound, up to you.
0: Pound and Powell. What a fucking horrible name. You anyway, did it to yourself. I did it to myself. Pound and Powell did it to herself, huh?
1: <laughs> Pound and Powell's been double fisting and oh, did it to herself. Oh,
0: my God. This is just. And my fan only page can be found at. Um, So that concludes our older and our newer films. And we're going to jump into what we've been listening to. So the first thing I want to announce is the Dark Discussions podcasting network has been launched. Uh, Many podcasts that were originally housed on horophilia have officially moved over uh so congratulations to this new network looking forward to hearing all that you guys have to offer and this new adventure and all the best to jason lloyd as he kind of wraps down his uh his term with horophilia and i hope he enjoys his next steps whatever whatever those may be for him
1: Yep, yeah, i completely agree because yeah jason you brought in a lot of talent to this uh community and it is a. Uh like you did a lot for this community so it's great uh you know that you'll finally be able to put your show to rest but let, uh, but it's good to know that that you know the hard work that you put in is appreciated and loved and will be moving forward and still going strong
0: absolutely and i think it's great new network um new start And it's a great thing to come out of 2020. So congratulations to everyone that's moved over and is about to move over. I know um, our podcast, It's Not Horror Okay, is now on the Dark Discussion Podcasting Network, along with all of Nudie's other shows, such as NFW and um, Hard to Kill podcast. So that will be over there as well. So a podcast that I've checked out recently, which is actually done by a fellow patron from the Exploding Heads podcast, is the movie Misfits so they their podcast little description is what exactly is a movie misfit besides a catchy and incredibly accurate description of the cinephile outcasts who run this show So it's John Spooky Rhodes, Crippled Cody, and Jason Gray, (laughs) and they go over a variety of different movies, and they're pretty funny, and they actually have wrestling talk, too. Really, really enjoyed their summer blockbuster episode where they talked about different summer movies, including Jaws, and one of them has never seen Jaws. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wow. Um, So it was a really, really cool conversation about that john rhodes uh, is the only one i kind of know uh through our chat groups and john is quite knowledgeable also he is very funny so i'm really excited to be listening to this podcast and to promote them you can find them just on podcast addict by searching movie misfits and i believe they're up to episode six and i recommend checking them out
1: yeah because these guys have been on my list as well like because uh, we've been, i've been talking to john a little bit too um And I've worked with John once, uh, a long time ago, I believe, on, uh, I think it was uh, Paul Stevens' uh, show.
0: I love Paul Stevens, man.
1: Yeah, he's a great dude. He really is. Um, Yeah, the show that I'm going to talk about is probably a fairly well-known one once again, but it is The Hysteria Continues. And their description is, a podcast dedicated to the most reviled of horror subgenres. The slasher movie from the people behind Hysteria lives and the body count continues. Reviews, retrospectives, and more include some briefs, brief, strong language and spoilers. But these guys, that is all their show is about. They've done 216 episodes so far and they've been around for a while. Like, So I'm thinking like they're maybe bi-weekly to monthly and they have only cover slashers and they're still finding slashers. Even stuff that could be like kind of a slasher they added to that list because it's like well it's got slasher vibes to it that we'll, we'll talk about it and it's from anything from new to old giallos whatever uh the hosts are justin nathan uh joseph and eric all really really well-knowledged and uh know what they're talking about especially in this genre i believe justin actually wrote a book about slasher films what? yeah um and they are constantly called upon by like Scream Factory and Arrow Video and companies like that to do commentaries for the film that that company is distributing. So like, yeah, like like uh, God, <laughs> actually, crazy. it's kind of funny because I was going to watch uh, I forget what movie it was I was going to watch, but it was on our good Friends Plex, and I started it, and all of a sudden the hysteria continue. Guys are talking over top of it. I'm going, no way, that is awesome. <laughs>
0: That's really cool. That's really cool. I'm glad that you are uh, promoing them. Sounds like they're kind of famous.
1: Yeah, I I don't hear anyone like in our community talk about them, but yeah they they have a huge following and do a lot of work in the the whole genre, like whether it's through movies or podcasting or writing. Like they seem to do they seem to have their hands in everything.
0: You gotta love how we always refer to a good friend's plex, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if people are like, "Who is this friend?" And how do they have so many movies? <laughs> like, we're so discreet about it. It's actually kind of funny. I just, I, yeah, I just do love that. that <laughs> like, we're like, hmm, who knows? It's a mystery. Uh, it's, <laughs> we just like
1: to keep it spicy here on
0: Friday night.
1: Oh, spicy, spicy smoke show Crawford here.
0: <laughs> Man, like, I'm down in Powell. Fuck. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, um, we are going to take a quick break to hear from one of our fellow Read Legion shows, and we'll be back with our main topic back to school just after. See you on the flip side. And welcome back to our main topic of this evening, which is back to school. We are at the end of August. And uh, for some people in some states, people are already back to school. Canada still very much has a typical school system of where we start in September and go to June. I think it's the same in Michigan.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think it's like the last week of August is usually when high school starts, Mm. but like i think like i think it just really depends on the schools
0: okay yeah because you guys go district to district like the districts in your areas have a lot of control is that correct
1: uh for the most part yeah
0: it's weird because everything is provincial wide here for public schools and then we have catholic schools that are also run by the government that are all but they're catholic so it's a separate religion school and then you have private schools that can do whatever they kind of want
1: yeah but that's the same thing we have too
0: Right. But state, but district to district can decide what they do. They can't do that here. Right. Like there's a, there's a certain amount the what they can decide, but a lot of things are provincial because all the teachers are part of one union and they make really good money in Canada. <laughs> unlike the States.
1: <laughs> yeah. Unlike the States where the teachers just don't get. Right? Sh-
0: like a teacher is a good job in Canada. Like it is, you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that want to be on the waiting list to become a teacher in Canada.
1: Yeah. And in here it's like, you got people that want to be teachers but that's because they love working with children but and it's not for the pay because the pay is just shit and like the schools never get like the money they need and all that stuff that's
0: crazy. well unless they have sports teams anyway too, we yeah. won't get too much into that yet uh, <laughs> football man football um,
1: America,
0: america football, football anyway so let's start off with the history of school in the united states to begin with so scott do you know anything about the history of school in the united states
1: not really, like no, I just know like you know schools roughly were like sixteen hundreds when it first yep. started,
0: yep, so the first recorded public school on record uh was the Boston is that what called Boston Latin school, so it was opened on april twenty third sixteen thirty five um in Boston, Massachusetts, and it was a boys' only public secondary school that was led by a schoolmaster's name really isn't overly important. Uh, the Boston Latin School was strictly for college preparation, so obviously this was a school in which people who had came from means were sending their kids to. Yeah, and it was modeled after the free grammar schools of Boston and England. So the English school taught Latin and Greek and centered on humanities. Some of the Boston School's most well-known alumni include John Hancock and Samuel Adams and. Benjamin Franklin was a dropout. I love how yes, they always talked about that. <laughs> Obviously a very bright, intelligent man. Yeah. So the Boston Latin School still is a fully functioning public school today. And it has students in the grades from 7 to 12 enrolled. However, it has become co-educational in 1972 and moving locations several times. Um, it is still a very high society school, it is very competitive and limited to the residents of the city. So much like back in the day, education was really meant for those who came from means. And it was meant to have those individuals learn how to read and write. You know, if we look at the vast population, most people were illiterate with the exception of being maybe able to read the Bible, um, and very simple instructions and, and other materials such as that. So, if we go down to a little, some, some quick facts of the history of education in America, the first public schools in America offered a very different curriculum compared to what is taught today. Initially, public schools focused on religion, family, morality, and didn't find the nature of academic instruction terribly important. Also, education for girls was limited. Faint and shock on that one. Right. Girls learned how to read, but didn't learn how to write.
1: Wow. Why do you
0: think that was, Scott?
1: <sighs> i Just don't take even a guess i actually have no freaking clue whether well, women
0: didn't own property and they were considered property of their hus of their fathers and then of their husbands so the man would own everything so they would be the one to sign their name
1: oh a, hus-
0: a father would be giving you know when we talk about giving the bride so yeah. a father would be giving his daughter as property to another man so she doesn't need to sign. She would need to read to understand instructions on maybe how to sew or how to do things for the home. Um, possibly stuff like that. Know how to read the Bible so she would know how to be a good woman in the eyes of God if we're looking at the Christian faith. But she would not need to know how to write.
1: That's so insane.
0: Well, it's insane. But at the time, that's why the world was structured. Right? Oh, it like, was. Yeah. You know, and this is why when people are, don't understand why feminists get so mad <laughs> because we had shit like this, right? Right. You know, and, and for the longest time, women weren't able to own property and they had to be underneath a man. And, and like, that's not something that's been changed dramatically in, until like the last 50 years. Like, I think people don't realize how difficult it's been for females. Right. So at the time, um, girls were kind of, their goal was to be a good wife and mother. That was their role right is to you know growing up it was to get a mate that would take care of them and that was the exchange too right so if I can't read or write my husband must be able to provide a life for me and in turn I provide a life at home that is you know allows him to go out and work etc right right so academics didn't become a popular concept in the public school system until the 1850s at this point concepts like math and reading were introduced to promote literacy and in the 1850s, public school attendance was at 59%. So obviously, you know, you had farmers, you had people that were working, you had people that were doing jobs like blacksmiths and other things like that. So the kids would need to be home to do that kind of work. You, you had children, obviously, we're not looking at birth control during this time. So every time you banged, you took the risk of having another kid. Yeah. And, you know, you need those kids at home to working to to either, you know, the fields or to bring money in so you can feed them. Although it took some time for the public school system to grow in America, by the 1900s, 31 states were requiring children to attend public school from the ages of eight to 14. The demand for public education continued to grow, and by 1918, all states required at least the completion of elementary school, which is huge. And we probably see this at the end of the First World War, and I would have to do more research on this, but I wonder if it has to do with making good soldiers, because they would have had people going into the, the military that maybe weren't able to read or didn't have an idea of distances, and that may have been a real disadvantage when fighting in the war. So, yeah, that very
1: well could be. Went
0: to work. So we got to remember that we started to see the women working. Um, even though that happened more in World War II, you would have seen more of a role of females as well. So maybe the need for them to have education too. So from 1920s on, more academic subjects were introduced. Schools began to focus more on math, English, and social studies. What was your favorite subject in school, Scott? Maybe elementary or, or secondary school? I, I don't know if you want to separate them. Was there anything you really enjoyed?
1: Um, for me, it was always... Art mm. and math,
0: and it was it was math because it was clear answers.
1: Yeah, math just because I loved the thinking and the problem solving. Mm-hmm. Like I loved trying to figure out how to make this work, this equation work, especially when it got into a lot more complicated stuff. And like I, I don't know why, but yeah, I became obsessed with numbers and just was able to figure that stuff out very, and it just came naturally to me. And art just because I kind of like an art appreciation nut and I used to and I'm fairly artistic so it just I loved like just honing my skill more. History was probably my least favorite at the time like I'm more into history now as I'm older but back then I can care less about anything about the history.
0: I, it's funny because history was my first.
1: Yeah, that's what I figured.
0: Right. Um, and, and it's more or less because I like understanding where we came from, and it gives an understanding of the choices that we've made as a society and why we're at where we're at. And I do think a knowledge of history, much like a value of knowledge of mathematics, um, can allow you to A, understand the problems and, and look at how things can be solved in the future. But math is a, is a really intense skill that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. And, you know, I think school systems have this job of teaching us subjects to grow with our knowledge, but also have the, the challenge of preparing us for North American society, which we, we both live in capitalist societies. Canada is a capitalist society with social ba- more social values, but we are both capitalist societies. Right. And you're expected to know how to read and write and, and do math and, and eventually you have to do income taxes. And there's a lot of things that you need to do. And school kind of trains you for that working day too, right, that, that Monday to Friday work having to work yep. with other people having to work with other people you don't really care for learning how to get along learning how to follow rules structure how to behave in a group like school is a lot to do with socialization you know, which yeah, that, is why like
1: it's, biggest it's probably the biggest thing besides obviously the learning is like yeah, getting everybody socialized
0: absolutely and that's why horror movies can can really capitalize it because in north american generally north america generally speaking we all go to school yes there are people that are in very impoverished situations or those that are homeschooled or those that for whatever reason don't attend typical school whether that be public private or a religious school uh but it is something we all experience so i feel like horror movie can also you know, capitalize on that because there's also a lot of socialization that goes through, especially in high school, uh, when it comes to cliques and stuff like that. And We'll get into that when we talk about the movies. So in the 1950s, in the United States, uh, attendance rose to 75%. So we started to see more people going to school, there was definitely more pressure put on it. And then The Every Student Succeed Act was replaced the 2001 No Child Left Behind Act. It allowed the federal government to retain a role in public education, but places the primary responsibilities on the states when it comes to establishing standards. This is what's so different in Ontario and Canada. So the federal government does oversee standards, and basically the provinces have some flexibility, but we have to be able to compare education from one province to another. So if I move from Ontario to BC, there needs to be a comparable curriculum. And, and that I think makes that's
1: what perfect sense.
0: <laughs> I just think it's interesting how the states are are run because, as we can see here, the federal government does have a role, but they're relying more on the states to decide on how they're going to prepare students for college and careers. So yeah. today, um, so as of you know, the last year, public school attendance is at ninety four percent, which is pretty high. Um, you know, yeah. you still got six percent of people that don't attend school, and I think that's scary. You know, we think six percent. Oh, that's not a big deal. But if we think of the population of the United States of America, that is no, actually a very high number.
1: Is that six percent? Does that consider like people that are homeschooled, or is this just people that just well? Don't if you're homeschooled?
0: homeschooled, you would have to you would have to declare to the government in that state that you're homeschooling oh, sorry, your child, and
1: that would consider attendance then, right? So this okay. would be
0: people that are just dropped out. So it would be six percent of the entire school age population of the United States.
1: Then. Maybe that's why we have the president that we have now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Side note, uh, <laughs> gee, maybe that is. Anyway, so in Canada, because I always like to bring in Canada as well. Oh, of course, look compar- at um, right? Mm -hmm. Comparable. So not that I think Canada's better because we have stuff too. So free and compulsory public schooling was first instituted in Ontario in 1871. So we were a little bit uh, behind the states, which we usually are. And then most Canadian provinces soon followed its lead. So these were free state-run schools offered to uh, major social economic problems at the time, a better education. So the idea was that a better education would allow for children to learn the skills to be good workers and good citizen and, and we're very much still connected to the british monarchy especially during this time so you know there would have been this huge pressure on being a good brit and living in canada right was right. definitely something that existed that did not exist in the united states because you guys told the british to fuck off long. <laughs> yep. long
1: ago.
0: so and we still haven't told them to fuck off we just kind of like gently kind of escorted them out with like this really you know, (laughs) slight connection we have to them. So because child labor contributed to family survival, many parents were reluctant to send their children to school. Others objected to compulsory schooling because it did not match their language or their religion. By the 1890s, most people had come to hope that free and compulsory schooling would improve their children's lives and can, you know, lead to a more just Canada. So there is the idea also that the use of science and human nature to create a better society on earth, the idea of developing more of that professional middle class families, so like doctors, lawyers, educators, wealthier business people, to, to basically spread knowledge and to reduce the amount of individuals attending insane asylums, prisons, and workhouses for the poor. So we still very much have a division uh, you know, can, I didn't get a rate here for how many students don't, or how many percentage of of students, children that are ch- are school age aren't enrolled in school. But I did get some other facts about Canada's education system that is a little different to the United States. So, to provide students with a quality education, there are about eighty percent of colleges and universities that are managed by the government in Canada. So, as a Canadian citizen, the Canada, the Canadian government pays for half of the tuition. Wow. So. Um, you still pay a lot as a Canadian citizen to go to school but you the Canadian government will pay half of that which is why as I say this working for a university and for a college part-time and those are two-tiered programs. So colleges are seen as vocational and universities are more the uh, theoretical learning. So if you want to be a vet, a doctor, um, um, an engineer, um, an English teacher, you would go to university. If you wanted to do maybe social service working or become an automotive technician or um trying to think of another thing offhand, an early childhood educator, you would go to college. So there is okay. no between the between the schoolings college is cheaper than university. Most of the teachers, except for pre-primary and primary school teachers in Canada, have a higher education that allows them to be experts in a particular field. So this is true. If you go to teach high school, you must have two teachables. So you have to major in university, which means you have to take majority of those courses. So if I'm a math teacher at a high school, math would have had to be my major in university. So I would have had to take a lot of math courses. Canada is the world leader when it comes to language training. As a country with two official languages. English and French it's required students to learn both this is a hundred percent true so from grade four to grade 10 we had mandatory French classes Um, you did have an option your parents could put you in French immersion which would be half day English half day French and definitely if you want a job in the government or any of our francophone pockets across Canada this is a benefit to have
1: yeah that shows like the huge difference from the U.S. because like you know this is what's just something that you and I learned about each other just through you know just Having conversations about how much like how many classes you had to take of French, where here we had one requirement to take one Spanish class throughout our entire twelve years of high school or twelve years of elementary to high school.
0: Yeah, from grade four to grade ten, French is French is is mandatory.
1: Yeah, and that's. Um, I wish that would have been like a mandatory thing here, like at least one language or another.
0: No. And some people don't like that, right? Because for some people learning languages are very challenging mm-hmm. and that is more done because of our agreement with Quebec and, and people have different thoughts on that. Personally, you know, I don't use French enough for it to be of anything of importance, um, to be honest with you, but we also do offer other language classes as well. I've, I've talked before how I've taken Punjabi. So when I went back and I did Punjabi, I did some courses through high school. So on my high school transcript now I had two Punjabi credits. Nice. <laughs> hilarious, right? Um, but anyway, and, And then nearly each religious community in Canada has private religious schools. So we do have private schools all over the place. It's very, very common. Uh, Montessori to specific Christian schools, to Muslim schools. And they do have to respond to the, to the provincial government of what kind of um, education they're going to be like, they have to follow some of the similar curriculums. Like even if you homeschool, you have to write an exam. I think it's past grade four for each grade. So you have to teach your child a certain curriculum and then they are required to write an exam before they can move to the next grade. Oh, wow. Right. So it is very structured in Canada, which has its pros and cons. You know, I'm sure that that does limit then the amount of creativity that you can have in a classroom at times. Also, We tend to shy away from corporate sponsors where I think the States does this really well. And people like when I was younger, I used to have a beef with this, but I actually think it's a really good idea. Like if you have Coca-Cola sponsor your football field and all that means is like Coca-Cola is going to have their name on a billboard and yeah, they're going to sell only Coke products in your calf. Yes. Is that a form of monopoly? Absolutely. Does it increase unhealthy eating? For sure. But you're also getting a whole shitload of money to plug back into that school to provide better resources. And I, some schools have started doing that here in Canada, but it's still not nearly what it is in the States. And when it comes to scouting for sports, you know, we don't get nearly the scouts unless it's for hockey and that's not high school teams. Those are private paid teams, like junior A, double A, whatever teams. So, you know, we have some really great Canadian athletes that will never make it because unless they're down, it's not like in the States where, you know, you can play ball and, and have a career playing ball, which, you know, people can always argue the goods, the pros and cons about that, but at least there's an opportunity for people who maybe don't come from financial means to go to university or college or whatever, because I still don't understand the difference between college and universities in the States.
1: Um, I will say like, I I know like the one thing that is true is universities are more expensive here than colleges. There's also community colleges, which are like a lower tier college, kind of like it's Classes are cheaper. It's kind of like a stepping stone to okay. getting to a better college or a university, okay. um, especially if you want to go for your, because a lot of the, at least in Michigan, the college I went to, my community college, I think the most you can get there is like once you specialize in a degree, like my accounting, the most you can get there is an associates, which I forget what that is an equivalent to in Canada, but it's like right before the bachelor's.
0: Yes. Um, It's only, for university, we only have bachelor's or honors bachelor. Honors is just four years, bachelor is three. And then college is a college diploma.
1: Okay, so then it's, associate's degree is pretty much like a college diploma for you guys. And then the bachelor's, then we had uh, master's and I think doctorate was the other one? Yeah, so
0: PhD, same thing that we have, yeah.
1: And yeah, I think like the bachelor's on up, is like the universities colleges kind of just give you that stepping stone into it. Like, so if I wanted to continue my accounting, I would have to go to either a specialized university like Northwood or U of M or Michigan state, something like that.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Okay, makes sense. So, um, as we can see, we do live in two countries that schooling is something that people generally experience. And, you know, and horror reflects life, and schools yeah. have changed very much. And if we look at schools from the 1980s going into present day, clicks, social development, um, what your expectations are once you finish school, you know, we know that schools at one time were basically just meant to help you become a good citizen and now schools are definitely seen as you got to get involved in extracurriculars and you got to do this and and if you want to be successful you need to start networking and making contacts things have really changed and horror has gone with that so we've chosen a couple of movies that we're going to talk about um that reflect the school experience so the first one we're going to talk about is student bodies 1981 um released on august 7th in 1981 it is an american parody slasher film so it particular parodies halloween friday the 13th and prom night um and it was i guess the first parody they say to really um capitalize on the slasher genre
1: yeah because i mean because it's because the slasher genre had only been around for roughly like A handful of years at this point like obviously there's like proto slashers and whatnot like when we talked about our history of the slasher film but yeah 1981 that's like that's like not even the prime of slasher films yet and there is already a parody of them which is interesting
0: Absolutely. And when I first started watching this movie, I didn't know it was a parody. So I just, I googled movies, horror movies based in high school and student bodies came up and I'm like, oh, this must be an 80s slasher i never heard of. So I start watching it and the opening scene is the breather is in this chick's house and he keeps calling and he's like breathing like Black Christmas. It also reminded (laughs) me a lot of Black Christmas (laughs) and the breathing is over the top. And there's one part where he's walking up the stairs and he's like, so many stairs cuz they keep shooting back to him walking up the stairs and he steps on gum he's
1: like oh, why is there gum on this step <laughs>
0: <off." laughs> i was <laughs> dying i was dying i was like oh my god this must be a parody like this is this is hilarious and then there's <laughs> part where they're doing horse head bookends and like that's what (sighs) they do in this woodworking class is horse head bookends and I was and that totally like woodworking I've been to a woodworking class and it was like dumb shit like that that you had to do like it was totally reflective of dumb shit.
1: Hell I still actually have some of my woodworking my spice rack that's in my kitchen is from my woodworking class my. Oh really? Yep I I made that and then uh, I have this giant chest in my computer room that like one of those chests that you can sit down on and then you open it up and it has everything inside i built that as well and like i still have them <laughs>
0: that's really funny i had no idea that you had made that shit that's really yep. cool so anyway like and then there's some at the beginning so the chick gets killed and the guy gets killed and then there's like and they're about to have sex and he goes into the shower like, oh, she's yeah. like you have to go clean yourself off and then there's i'm I'm jumping all over the place and then at the fucking funeral like they're holding the funeral and they got the cheerleaders there and oh my god like it's just <laughs>
1: It like, is so. It this movie reminds me of Airplane for slasher films.
0: Yes, absolutely, it's and they make so ridiculous. And they make commentary that's pretty relevant. They say, you know, we have to make sure that we get involved, everything done this week because the school board has only given us enough funding for extracurriculars to be done during this first week back at school. Like they were giving digs at yeah funding and administrators in that in that in that in that opening scene, well, not opening scene, but in that beginning of the movie and they, they sneak off from the funeral to go have sex and every time people sneak off, they're like, he must be going to help her find a bathroom. Like, <laughs> constantly <laughs> using that as a reason why they're sneaking off. Oh my God, this movie, if you have not seen Student Bodies from 1981, I don't know what horror fan could not find this funny. And I'm sure there are people out there that don't find this funny, but I was literally dying watching this film
1: yeah like you even said like i don't know if you're gonna find this one funny because like obviously my my humor and everything you had no sense of humor hey i've proven i do
0: no you've, yes you've faked it and you probably didn't like it but you've said you do because well, no. you're tired of me shaming you
1: well you respected uh my opinion with tucker and dale versus uh versus evil
0: yes that was surprising that you found that funny yes
1: <laughs> stuff like that uh but no i went into this one going all right so heather doesn't think i'm gonna like this one so I have a feeling it's going to be way over the top because I know your sense of humor.
0: Oh, yeah, like, it is way over the top. <laughs>
1: yep, and getting into it, I'm going, holy yeah. hell, this is insanely over the top. And it was amazing. I loved it. Like, I'm, I Absolutely. can't believe I've never heard of it. Like, I've heard the name Student Bodies, but yeah, I had no idea it was anything like this.
0: Like, I may look back on my gems of this year that aren't new watches, and this is probably going to be one of my top gems like, if we that. if we did, like, a top 10 or top 10, just, like, gems that we never heard of that we watched this year for the first time, this is going to be up in it because it was so hilarious. And then, like, the girl that's overly the top and, like, talking about sex and how wrong it is. And, like, <laughs> you can call me daddy. Oh, my dad did this to me. Don't call me daddy. Like, it's just, it's so Funny. Like, it's just oh,
1: so and
0: funny. And at the end, so spoilers, where she wakes up and it's like the Wizard of Oz, like, and you were there. And you were, and there. You were there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. And then, like, how the they do the homage at the end to, like, he Toby kills her because she, she lost respect for herself, but then she comes back for him from the yeah. grave. Like, Carrie, like, oh, my God. It's such a nod
1: to Carrie.
0: So. It was so good. It was so good. So, I guess, did this capture the back to school experience in the '80s? You think?
1: I feel it kind of did.
0: Oh, I think it totally played on all the stereotypes.
1: Yeah, it played on the stereotypes for sure. That's where I think, like that, that's for sure. Like, it didn't feel uh, like it was a high school movie. Like, but it had like the setting and like the stereotypes. Absolutely. But yeah, I think it did a pretty good job.
0: I think that it it really took every single like eighties trope of like the waiting till to have sex and the cheerleaders and the football game and the parade and having parades randomly when people are dying and like just trying like and I just thought that it was so good, and I look at a movie like *Disturbing Behavior*, and I feel like *Disturbing Behavior* was a serious version of *Student Bodies* in the sense that it was like it was that stupid and over the top. And same with *Jennifer's Body*, which we're going to get into. Um, But *Student's Bodies* just took it and made it hilarious, and like the announcements and like how the jocks acted and and the teachers. What got me was that fucking shop teacher and the horse.
1: yeah that just that (laughs) that ongoing joke throughout the whole freaking movie too
0: and then the principal and how creepy and weird he is and like we need to make young make sure young people don't become slutty like it was like disturbing behavior of like trying to control these young people's behavior right (laughs) it's so (laughs) funny and then the waking up with the wizard of oz I'm, i'm repeating myself but i just thought that it was so well done and then the two gentlemen in there that are disabled so the blind kid and then there's a kid in a wheelchair right so there's a gentleman, yep. black and a kid in a wheelchair and there's one point where the blind kid says he's going to take the kid in the wheelchair somewhere because he gets something wrong in the english class and the teacher basically shuns him and he's trying to get him out the door and and as he's trying to get him out the door he's hitting the walls and shit. and even though that is horribly offensive you know, that probably that shit probably happened. Oh, yeah. People that had disabilities in the 80s weren't treated that well in school. There's still struggles with people disclosing about their disabilities and people knowing how to work with them. And I feel like this was just calling it out. I didn't actually think it was being offensive. I thought it was like, yeah, man, like this is a fucking shit show and this yeah. is how people get treated. And I just, I don't know. I, I really think this movie was ahead of its time and was really, really well-made for a parody and just really, really funny. And the acting in it, for them to keep straight faces during some of those scenes... I don't know how. They I, yeah,
1: even, I don't know how they pulled that off at or, all.
0: Or like, when the breather's in the locker room, and he's like, yeah!
1: Oh, girls, I got it! I got it in I my hand it. now!
0: He's, like, walking through the fact that he's getting aroused. Oh! oh it's God. so fucking
1: creepy, but hilarious.
0: It's, and it's just, like, and I see, like, because it's telling, it's basically making fun of those stupid locker scenes where you see the, from the, pre- from the creepers, the peeping Tom's perspective, and he's all like, yeah! Yeah, it's like one minute later and it's all said and done
1: yeah like he's being so loud and yet no one knows he's there
0: (laughs) right and then doing the body count like how it goes through the bodies and then the half body like oh my that was god (laughs) too good too good so so i guess do you think it's a good parody i've kind of blown it out of this world but what about do you have anything you want to add
1: i think you with your just absolute love for this pretty much summed it all up like and but yeah this movie is great it did such a good job with the parody and it's uh i actually read somewhere that this was like uh a more over the top version of scream because you know scream is a parody of slashers as well so i was like that yeah that makes absolute sense
0: you know i gotta wonder how many movies were inspired from this film but wouldn't say it
1: you know what i um, mean I I almost want to say you're not the killer with the whole body count numbers yeah. when they do that. I like I never thought about it until we we're talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, they did the same thing with the body count numbers. Yep, yep. So yeah. I bet you there's a lot that got inspired by this.
0: Yeah, it's just it's so freaking funny. Oh my god, like horse head
1: bookends. bookends. I would like a horse head <laughs> bookend. <laughs> I'll make one in woodshop class for you. Please
0: do. I think that <laughs> is the best. All right. So on to our next movie, also from the 80s, a Night of the Creeps. It's a 1986 American science fiction horror comedy released on August twenty second, 1986. So just on the verge of going back to school where Student Bodies was released Where did I have it? Oh, same time too, August. So the whole back-to-school stuff. So in 1959, on board a spacecraft, two aliens race to keep an experiment from being released by the three-member crew. The seemingly possessed third alien shoots the canister into space where it crashes to Earth. A nearby college man takes his date to a parking spot. No, it's like Scott going parking. <laughs> and sees a falling star and, of course, investigates. It's fucking you to a T. That is something you would say. <laughs> yep. Chance to get laid. Scott wants to go find a fucking skull, falling star.
1: Well, I'd get laid first. Then we'd go investigate.
0: No, you would You would totally, like, get distracted by the falling, falling star. Hey, and Scott like,
1: wants to go to Pound Town, okay?
0: Pound Pound Town. <laughs> Want to get to Pound Town.
1: <laughs> um...
0: And it lands in the path of an escaped, criminally insane mental patient as his date is attacked by the ax-willing maniac. The boy finds the canister from which a small slug-like thing jumps out into his mouth. Then we flash forward 27 years later, in 1986. So what did you think of this, Scott?
1: This is 80s classic. Love, love, love this movie. It is, I'm trying to think, uh, the movie Slither took a lot of That's from this film. what
0: I was thinking. As, as I was looking at this and thinking of this film, I thought to myself, the whole Slug thing, I feel like Slither watched this movie and was like, you know what? Or, Slither, oh, yeah. Like well, it was a movie that watched it. The people <laughs> that made Slither watched this and went, you know what? Fuck yeah, Slugs.
1: Yeah, uh, James Gunn even said that it, it was an homage. Slither was an homage awesome. to Night of the Creeps because he awesome. loved that movie. But, yeah, this movie is just fantastic. It's got a great cast of characters. Tom Atkins, with some of the greatest lines that have made him, like, so well-known, like, thrill me. It's Miller time, (laughs) baby. Uh, (laughs) um, And this is also directed by the guy that later directed Monster Squad. And there's even a nice little nod to Monster Squad, when he found out he could make it, when he found out he was able to make uh, make the movie, he put in uh, one of the stalls of the bathroom. The Monster Squad rules, and uh, but yeah, this this is like the total college scenario. It
0: is. It's based in college, and unlike Student Bodies, which is based in high school with the shop class and the football games and the cheerleading and the parade, I feel like this is the next progression step up from that. Yeah, you know you they the talk about the fraternities and sororities, which are a big thing in the states. Yeah like they're, they're huge. huge and they don't we have them up here at the university i went to there was a fraternity there was a uh, sorority but there was only one yeah like it's not it's not something that happens but in the states there tends to be multiple one and you pledge and and there's this whole thing to get in and and a kind of a your own little like uh community that's within them and then the fact that all this shit happens within fraternity brothers and shit like that it almost like i feel like it's almost making fun of the like sexual relationship that seems to be created of like we're brothers we're sorority sisters and we go down together like I feel like it's also comic like a commentary on that at the same time
1: oh it absolutely is and it's got like the stereotypical like the stereotypes from high school just added into college because you got your jockey douchebag frat brothers and like it's just a then you got the nerdy guys that are joining the soror- uh trying to join the fraternity and that's how Twenty-seven years later, the slugs come back because they are told for part of their pledge they had to break in and steal a dead body, like mm-hmm. break into a mm-hmm. morgue and steal a dead body. Well, they end up stealing a body that's been pretty much put in cryogenics, and that body was the body of the escaped mental patient that got infected by the slug back in the fifties.
0: That's crazy shit going down.
1: Yep, and then the slug shoots out and pretty much infects others and just more and more and more keep it keeps spreading and just kind of almost like a zombie virus where it just spreads and spreads and spreads and more people are getting infected and they turn these people into zombies and it's so sci-fi it's so horror it's so 80s the but this is just like one of those will go down as a classic for the rest of time because like this is one that everyone loves And
0: and it capitalizes well on what romantic relationships look like, preparing for the formal dance, like where I think student bodies did a good job of her doing even that transformation from being like the ugly chick to showing up and looking all like sexy at the dance, which is something that they do in like She's All That and other movies since then, right? Like I feel like everything got stolen from student bodies, but anyway, this movie does it too in the sense that everything is based around the college life thrown in some sci-fi right exactly now did you know there's two alternative endings
1: yes um i believe there is one where the dog is infected by the slug
0: so there's two endings so the film has two endings one which was used for the film's theatrical release and the other is originally intended by the director in the theatrical version the dog who caused the bus accident, returns and approaches Cynthia. As Cynthia bends down towards it, the dog opens its mouth and the slug jumps out at her. The original ending shows Chris and Cynthia standing in front of the burning sorority house with a camera moving to the street where the police cars are racing towards the burning building. The police cars race by the charred and somnified Cameron, who is shuffling down the street, still smoking a cigarette. When he suddenly stops and falls to the ground, his head busts open and the slugs um, incubate inside his brain, scampered out and slithered towards a nearby cemetery, suggesting that the slugs have found new hosts to inhabit.
1: Yep, and then the searchlights appear from the sky, yep. revealing that the spaceship from the beginning of the film, because yeah, that, those aliens that you see in the very beginning of the film, two minute scene, then nothing for the rest of the movie it was just kind of like a way to get those slugs there and that was it
0: it was (laughs) like we need to figure out how we're going to get these slugs to the planet earth so i really i really like these two movies together and i know they're not connected but i just think that both of them do such a good job of capturing one is a strict parody obviously and it really makes fun of you know high school classes, how young people act, the idea of maybe he's just helping her find a bathroom and they're going off to bang. the creepy dude in the locker room, the breathing on the phone that we saw in like black Christmas, and like really, when you look back to that movie now, I feel like every time I walk black black, black Christmas and I listen to the dude breathing i'm going to think of the breather from the right. body. It's like it's it's to me scary movie for scream yeah that's probably why I like it so much because I love the scary movies and i've fucking love student bodies like i i can uh, tell
1: since we're talking about of the creeps i'm still his, uh, going random. back to it
0: because i just feel like <laughs> between night and the creeps and student bodies i and night of the creeps i just feel like they took the college campus atmosphere and they just really used it to their advantage with the yeah. sororities the fraternities the relationships and the dating the 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 even the burning of the sorority like I just I just think it's so smart like I just think it's so smart to take something that is so big in that time of which fraternity fraternity you join which sorority you join and how that has influences to where you go in life yeah and just using that as this like scientific fucked up experiment that happens I guess you could say experiment that happens like gone wrong
1: yeah and it's like and it's got this charm to it like this movie does it just has like this charm and there's even like a very sad scene I forget uh, the guys I think it's JC um when he ends up getting infected by one of the slugs because he leaves like a message when he gets infected uh for Chris to find and it's kind of heartbreaking because they're like best friends and like he dies in a horrible way and I think he ends up killing himself because of it yeah and like that scene is very sad like but at the same time, this movie has a lot of charm to it as well. Like the characters. Well,
0: just... and he's the one that figures out the heat thing, right? And that's by yep. the end of exploding it to kill the slugs. And yeah, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty emotional film. It's a really and you know the name Night of the Creeps you wouldn't think much of it. Right, um, and
1: one thing I do have to say, um, just like you told me, like you didn't say this on the show, I don't think, but like with you, you said with Student Bodies, like there'll be lines that you'll always remember from that movie forever. Yeah, that saying. and that's. Same thing with me with Night of the Creeps, like yeah. I mean, you got good news and bad news, girl. Uh, your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. I, like I,
0: it's a great line, right? Yeah, it's, and, then, and it's on the poster, isn't it? Like yeah. I'm looking at here, and the theatrical release poster has it on there.
1: Yeah, and uh, that then that, that threw me line because whenever he answers the phone, that's how he answers. thrill me. I love that. No, <laughs> I don't know and why. I
0: and I feel like this movie also has. I feel like this movie created a lot of really good ideas like using the sorority and the fraternities using the idea of the dance using the idea of like we've seen these tropes in movies since then
1: oh yeah
0: right and i and i just think it was just a smart way of doing it and i know that black christmas is based at a sorority as well but it's definitely not the same feel like it's just no. it's a like, different it focuses, kind of feel to.
1: yeah because that focuses like just on the sorority where this mm-hmm. kind of focuses on the whole college life the with whole the experience of yeah
0: right and and anyway, so definitely captures the eighties to me, captures what school would look like in the eighties because we were just Bibbis. Yeah. so we were not in school at this time, obviously, but i I think when I look back to a time capsule, these films just totally like speak speak the eighties language
1: oh, they absolutely do
0: so next is. <laughs> a film that is near and dear to my heart and scott just muted himself that was really funny i I, I don't
1: know both of us i don't know what
0: happened there he muted himself and he had to talk that was really funny (laughs) i don't know if he's gonna cut this out or leave it in because that was pretty comical
1: Uh, i might just leave that in because you might leave it in for
0: the magic so scream 2 was released on december 12th 1997 and it's so funny because I can clearly remember this movie coming out. And that's a long-ass fucking time ago. That is 23 years ago. Like, yeah, that's nuts.
1: Yeah, I remember going to the theater Christmas Eve night watching this with my cousin.
0: Oh, when you had good taste and you used to like good movies. Hey,
1: I did say this is one of my favorites in the Scream franchise.
0: <sighs> Not Scream 3.
1: Scream 3, we already talked about. It is, it is, uh... Oscar-worthy, I will agree with that.
0: Just, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just sure. going to
1: totally agree with that.
0: When people think Oscar film, they think Scream 3 for sure. <laughs> and, and
1: Courtney Cox's haircut.
0: And her haircut. Uh, so Scream 3 takes over where Scream technically or, left off. i oh, sorry, Scream 2. two. <laughs> so you got me com- all confused. <laughs> Scream 2 takes over where Scream left off. Uh, so Nev Campbell, Sydney has gone to... Uh, college, I assume somewhere. I can't remember. I think it's in California. I think it's all based in California. Yeah,
1: I think everything like the franchise is based in California. Yeah, it's
0: all based in California. Um and Randy has gone to the same school as her. She's made a new best friend named Haley. And she's kind of just living her life. Now, during this time, the Stab movie has come out, which is basically a retelling of the story of the wordsboro Murders. And she's kind of dodging all these really shady <laughs> phone calls and people trying to talk to her. And Gil Weathers is, has written another book and is trying to, like, get her to do an interview with her
1: yeah and, and got cotton weary like constantly trying to get her to do like tv shows with them and
0: exactly because he's been acquitted but she's definitely kind of ruined his reputation and the reason why we chose this movie is because it is really utilizes the college campus all of yeah. it with the exception of the opening scene is filmed on the college campus
1: yeah and then and they even like cover some of the College stuff that you don't really see much, like the theaters and the auditoriums and Mm -hmm. stuff like that for like plays.
0: Absolutely. So if we look at you know after the opening scene, which you know Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett, I I love that scene. I do think that so iconic that would not happen in a audit like in a theater i don't think people would run around in costumes and shit like that i actually don't think that would occur i think I, that would
1: only happen if it was like an older film that people were such huge fan of fans of and it was like first time releasing it back in theaters
0: yeah in, but what theater what what giveaway would give away full costumes
1: yeah the, that that <laughs> one i would say people would probably just show up in their own costumes they wouldn't yeah, be them there and,
0: like you know, give me a break. That was the only, but I get it. It's sensationalized for a movie, and that's fine. This is not a yeah. Screen 2 review. So, we're not going to get deep dive into that because, you know, if you want to listen to some great screen reviews, check out 22 Shots and check out Exploding Heads. They will do a better job than we will. What we want to talk about is the school factor of it. Right. So, the one connection is that these two people that are killed at the beginning are seniors from this school. So, I believe that I think Neb Campbell and Haley and her boyfriend, Jerry Conley, I can't remember his name. Yeah, um, I only remember
1: if it was Jerry Conley.
0: Are, are freshmen, and so is Mickey and no. Randy. They're all freshmen, I believe. They're in their first or second year. Yeah,
1: I, I think know. they're in their first year.
0: Yeah, they're freshmen. So it really does a well job of her waking up in the dorm, her going to classes. Uh, there's that debate in film class that Randy yeah. and Mickey have. I love there's- that debate there's the influence of the sororities and how they start specifically looking to try to recruit neb campbell and the sorority girls are so your typical like pretty girls like rebecca gayhart innocent yeah. is that how you say her last name I and, think so yeah and she's like a complete bitch and but like all she's trying fun- to be
1: so nice and suck up to neb campbell and
0: Oh, and they're all wearing, like, these pastel fucking colors. Yeah. Like, it looked like 1997 threw up all over this movie, right? <laughs> right. Like, and I loved, like, Sydney's look in this movie. I totally so did wanted I. that outfit. I was like, that will be my outfit one day. And, like, Jerry O'Connell's always super dressed professionally. Derek. Yeah. Derek's his name.
1: Yes. And I love Love the cafeteria scene with him.
0: Oh, my God. Because he wants to be a doctor. And that's why he's so, like, always so polished. And then and... he
1: bursts into song. I think I love you. I oh, yeah, the love what life is made of. Yeah, I and love then that scene. And
0: he gives her his letters.
1: And yep, that's a no-no in the fraternity.
0: So this really, you know, we talked about Night of the Creeps using the sorority in the fraternities. And I really think, like, Scream got a lot of i, I won 't say that they were inspired from that, but I, I really see the the relationship there that they really marketed on the whole idea of a sorority and a fraternity and the rules that are set out in these and and how that really conducted fate you know on no. how you know mickey 's character was kind of relying on the sorority to, or the fraternity to act the way they did when he gave the letters to nev Campbell and I almost feel like Mickey helped orchestrated that whole thing. Like as the inside friend, he was aware of how all that stuff was going to go down. Or even when she's in the library and she's doing the instant messaging, like, did that not take you back to like, old Oh my school? God. Like, yeah. Colleges would have had instant messaging, but you could only message people that were on the same server at that time as you. <laughs> yep. Like it was just so well done in that kill scene where he's in the middle of college campus. And he gets pulled into the van. I don't know. Oh, with Randy? With Randy.
1: Oh, man, that was a heartbreaking scene for me because Randy is my all-time favorite character.
0: I love the line where they say, what's your favorite scary movie? And he says, showgirls. I think that is so (laughs) 90s and so funny. But what people have sometimes criticized is that he gets pulled into the van and no one would see. That campus setting reminded me of the university I went to. And it... It was pretty busy, and people are pretty self-absorbed. Yeah. Honestly, something like that could probably happen, and people wouldn't notice.
1: Yeah, because like, it's kind of like the whole hide and plain sight type thing. Um, and when you're out in open, oh, people don't expect to see that, and they're not looking out for it. So, like, they are Absolutely. either looking down, or they're chatting with their friends, they're going off and doing their own thing, and yeah, someone could get pulled in by a van real fast like that, and no one would know.
0: And Typically, university college students are very self-absorbed. I know I certainly was. Like, I was too busy thinking about what exams I had or what social event I was going to go to or how I was going to change the world or how I was mad at the man or whatever the case was at the time. And I'm just trying to rush from one class to another. I can remember I would have a class end and I would have 10 minutes to get to the next one. And yes, it's a little silly that they walk by with a (laughs) boombox, so 90s again, on their shoulder. Yeah. You know, that scene I really didn't think was so unbelievable. And I think it just utilized the busyness and distractedness of college campuses really well.
1: Yeah, because like you said, like everyone is self absorbed and they're all distracted. Like when you're in college, you're distracted. Yeah, There's you're not, you're so not thinking about
0: other people. Yeah. You're really not. You're actually quite, most people are actually quite self absorbed in general 90% of the time. So that. Yeah. I think, I think being in college and university just amplifies it. And I think you're right. The theater scene of her doing the behind the scenes of theater and her practicing this play. And then she's running around the dark college campus at night and trying to figure out where to go. And she goes to the theater because she hears the music playing and she thinks it's a dress rehearsal happening. Like what, what a great utilization of a college campus.
1: Yeah. Like that, and that scene, like that ending scene in that theater and stuff like that with, it's a great setting for like that final Mm -hmm. act. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. So I don't know if we have anything else to add on screen too when it comes to the
1: college campus. Nope, I think they just nailed that campus culture really, really well.
0: Awesome. Finally, we agree on something. So (laughs) the next set I want to bring bring I want to that we're going to talk about is disturbing behavior. So disturbing behavior was released on July 24th, 1998. It's a 1998 teen science fiction psychological horror film.
1: And this one also very close to uh August, so close very to the much back to so. school.
0: Very much so. It's funny that screen came out in December. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that was just because of when they could release it. And I remember there was that whole script was leaked beforehand.
1: Well, Uh, I know in December is like usually a good release window because that is when people are out shopping for Christmas and they may want to go see a movie. That is when like they know they can bring in the big bucks, either during a summer blockbuster or in December. And
0: I believe the original Scream came out in December too. Yep. Right. So anyway, back to Disturbing Behavior uh so basically james margin margin marzin, yeah. the heartthrob of the 90s shows up and uh he him and his family moved to this middle of nowhere island town that they have to take a ferry to get to which was very good that they set that plot up at the beginning because it made a little bit more sense as the movie went through and he realizes that uh there's some clear clicks, which I really enjoyed when his friend pointed out
1: all yeah, of the they clicks. They nailed the clicks like and like the description right. for every one of them, too.
0: And he chose music for each of them.
1: Yeah, which I thought was really cool.
0: Which I thought was really cool. So there was the Blue Ribbon crew, which is, you know, the antagonist. But they come across as the good kids that do all the right things. There's the skaters, the nerds, which I thought was weird that they didn't bring the nerds into the, to the Blue Ribbon crew. Because weren't they kind of the same? Because the nerds were the ones that studied hard. Uh, well,
1: I think the reason is, is because the Blue Ribbons are also, basically they're the preps. They're the yeah, po- and they're popular crowd. Yeah, they're yeah. the good-looking popular crowd where the nerds, especially back then, were shunned for just being too nerdy, too involved with what, what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's why the Blue Ribbon- Like, almost
0: they were too smart. Yeah. You know, and it would have been... I think it would have been really interesting if they used the nerds... And if this movie was remade, I bet you they would use the quote-unquote nerds as the protagonists.
1: Yeah, Guaranteed. Because
0: really, they would be the... It's it's interesting that they use the grunge kids Um as the protagonists,
1: because like the, like the stoners were paranoid, but they knew like their paranoia was real,
0: yeah. And and it's like they knew what was going on. And I guess they're close to being the bottom feeders, like, even when the character that's talking about all the subcultures go through, they're looking at the different groups. So it's like, here's the ranking that people are in the jocks, the so it was the jocks, the blue ribbons, the, the greasers. Nerd- the Greasers, because they were the guys that loved auto. And yep. And then, am I missing another one?
1: Uh, yeah, there was the Skaters, the Nerds. Skaters. And yes. uh, the one that they did not, which kind of shocked me for the 90s, that they did not mention, Goths.
0: Yeah. And I guess maybe they were kind of the Goths, but not really. Yeah. You know, like, but yeah, I agree. They were totally missing the Transcope Mafia people. But did this come out after Columbine?
1: uh it this did because Columbine
0: was it I okay
1: think, i think it was before because i think columbine was 99
0: okay so that could i was gonna say if it came out after columbine i could see why they did that um but yeah i agree i think that's odd that they kind of kind of blended what i think they tried to do is make the grunge kids so katie holmes was part of that group as well too yeah um part of these like the smart ones that kind of see what's going on and i just felt like they did a really good job of illustrating the bullying that would happen the the clickiness of who you know and who you socialize with and where your social ranking is and if anything that one scene where they break down who everyone is associated with i thought was just awesomely done
1: yeah they did the representation like of the clicks freaking perfectly and like even the teachers and even they even brought in the janitor that's working down in the basement and Mm -hmm. like they brought in a lot of the like this felt like this is probably the most high school feeling horror film that we're talking about on our list.
0: I agree 100 percent. I really felt like this took my grade nine year and presented it on film. Minus um, I didn't have a crazy teacher doctor that was implanting shit into people's brains, <laughs> right <laughs> but it totally felt like i was back in high school with those clicks and i and i think it talked about the struggle that those clicks give you and the bullying that happens and, oh yeah and not to get too much into this but we all know that bullying is worse now than it was then and the reason why it's worse now is because it doesn't stop
1: yeah like it gets taken home now because of social media. social
0: media and stuff like that and and you know that getting beat up in the cafeteria and people looking the other way or people calling you a loser—that shit really affected you in high school. Like yeah. I said, that from someone who was painfully bullied at times, it was it was extremely hard, and it's it's horrible the labels that people get. But I really feel like this movie captured, you know, as much as it was a little cheesy, um, Jason, yeah, no, James Marsden's character of kind of coming back and trying to fight back though i did think it was a little silly that he basically like peaced out on his parents and like basically left they left and went on the ferry and took off and right you know i did like though how the janitor drives off the cliff at the end and kind of brings everybody with him i thought that was kind of yeah
1: i love that and that was uh william sadler who was just he's in vfw and like he's such an iconic horror character
0: he is he's very iconic you're right
1: and i do love the one thing about james marsden he does the whole new kid in high school, not sure where he fits in yet. He plays that role really well. Cause you get, cause you get those stoner guys, uh, like the one played by Nick Stahl. Yeah. Um, like he represents that type of person. That's like, oh, here's a new guy that doesn't fit in. I'm going to be the one welcoming him. And yeah. that is pretty accurate to like high school. Cause I've, I was the guy that would welcome the new guys and try to like befriend them when they don't have a click or anything like that already established. And like, yeah, that was totally me. I was the stoner kid that would do that. <laughs>
0: That I can see that being totally you. And you know what? You would t- try to get a gun too to go home and protect yourself from your parents that are trying to
1: oh, yes. send
0: you off to to be like
1: brainwashed, into,
0: brainwashed <laughs> into whatever. And even the part where that really hot chick is over tutoring her his sister in math, which was obviously a setup. Um, and she comes out of the, the fucking bathroom with her shirt undone and like feeling up on her breasts and shit and she's trying to come on to him and stuff
1: and I like how like that is like what triggers them to like kind of go crazy is like their hormones kick in
0: absolutely and then she's supposed to be good like she's saying bad bad and smashing her her head against the the mirror and I think you know not to get too deep here I think that really does show the conflict of young women in high school I became sexually active in high school I had no problem talking about that but let me tell you um it's very different for a young woman choosing to become sexually active in high school oh, yeah. than it is for a young man. I lost my virginity when I was 16 and I lost it to a, a, a boyfriend um, that I was with for some time. And it was a very calculated decision when we decided to have sex. It wasn't a spur of the moment thing. We used protection, all that kind of stuff. And like, neither one of us really enjoyed it. Right. Like let's be real. We're sixteen. We're 16. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Right. Like it was, it was fine, but neither one of us like we good. It was, it was, it was just awkward and uncomfortable. So we tried it a couple more times and stuff. And eventually we broke up. And I remember when I started dating my next boyfriend, he just assumed I would have sex with him quote unquote, cause I've done it already. Yep. And I don't think I, I would never go back and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe you said that like, I, I understand the concept, well, if you've already had sex, it's probably more likely that you're going to want to a second time. Absolutely. But it's just, it was it was very interesting how, I don't know if it made me more desirable that I had had sex or less desirable, because guys wanted chicks that had sex, but then they judged them afterwards. Yeah. So it's just, it was a really interesting, and I feel like that, her hitting her head against the mirror and being like, bad, bad, i'm bad i and dressed and covering up her shirt and i almost thought he was going to get like accused of rape or something like that like i thought she was going to go home and say that he came on to her right or something that's where i thought that was going to go i'm surprised it didn't probably if it was made now that's where we're yeah gonna, it was like probably happen, hit on it, right yeah. 20 years later that's totally where that would have gone and I'm, and I'm glad it didn't i don't think it needed to go there because um, i think that would have been no point to the plot so yeah. but I think it was just interesting how it captured that and it captured that you know high school sexual relationship and and the one guy that's like why won't you go out with me like the, the captain oh the hyper
1: aggressive oh my yeah. god
0: right like oh I'm gonna have you no matter what like you know that happens right yeah. and, oh, and it I, does. right and Katie Owens being like fuck you like it was just a really good play on high school and of course, you know when they drive off the cliff at the end, you're a little bit sad because you think that one character has passed away. And actually, that throughout the movie, I kind of wondered if that character had actually been transformed or if he was just faking it.
1: Oh, uh, the buddy.
0: Yeah, the buddy. Um, yeah. Nick's, uh, he, Nick's character, he, Nick
1: Stall. Yeah. No, no Stahl. He, he he was transformed.
0: Yeah, and you get clarification at the end, right? Yeah,
1: so. but like it does make you wonder that toward like in the middle of the movie, like maybe he's just kind of infiltrating the click type mm-hmm. deal.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I honestly thought. And I love how, you know, they, they go off from being like that, that car jock guy, which totally looked like a car jock guy. And then showing up with like, you know, a blazer and shit and how that yeah, was like a leather
1: jacket. and
0: Right. Like, oh my gosh, it was just so, so well done. So yeah. And, and yet again, it's nineties cheese cheese, but I think when it comes to reflecting, 90s culture and how it presented authority and how it presented like you know what what basically authority thought good kids would look like it was a pretty accurate uh presentation of the 90s
1: yeah absolutely
0: right so the next one is the faculty so the faculty was released on december 25th 1998 so same year on christmas day christmas day now Scott, you're going to have to discuss this one because I could not find it. Rent in Ontario,
1: which is crazy to me. I know, because like, this is once again just like disturbing behavior. Total nineties, nineties puked all over this movie. Um, but this one is basically the nineties version of an homage to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay. Uh, starring Usher, uh, Elijah My Wood. Way. Uh, it's got like the the it's just got so many actors in this because this is obviously the time after Scream where it's just like famous actor actor famous actors joining horror mm-hmm, films. Mm-hmm. But this one is pretty much about these uh, aliens that have taken over the teachers, and that's why hence the name of the faculty. The teachers get turned into these aliens that pretty much just look like themselves, but have like are actually creatures that are trying to kill and capture students and turn them as well. And like, eventually like, but this one, I feel, well, I feel like it touches on the high school. This one focuses more on the teacher's perspective in a way, which I thought was very unique. Um, And it also revolves a lot around the football stadium, the football field, the high school, because a lot of events happen out on the football field, um, which, once again, you don't really see that in any of the films we've talked about in this. But yeah, like it's got the clicks because in this one, all the clicks, like one, like individuals from each of the clicks are pretty much forced to join together to fight the teachers. Like you got your nerdy kid who's like Elijah Wood, you got your jock who is Usher, you got your preppy girl, like you got your stoner, you just, and you got like your trailer trash, you got all these people that are completely different from each other and it shows cuz they you know are constantly bickering back and forth and making fun of each other and talking smack about one another but they're forced to work together to overtake this issue which i thought once again shows the clicks but shows the clicks working together which i thought was a very cool perspective and yeah and i also think that the perspective with the teachers like you're going into different classes with each of these teachers so you get your science classes you get your math classes and like does the teachers
0: acting- match the personality like would you look at the science teacher and be like yep that's a science teacher all right
1: yeah um i'm trying to th- remember who the hell it was um uh, john stewart like everyone knows john stewart from the late show and all that stuff and this is like his one and only acting role and he looks the part of a science teacher really like, yeah he and does he's, a good he's job
0: part of the alien group right
1: yep he's one that eventually gets turned into one of the aliens like, and he has a pretty uh, pretty violent death, too, for a 90s film. And, like, yeah, this is just all around a fun movie. Like, with the and like, I just feel it hits that high school feel perfectly for the 90s again. Like, the 90s seem to have a lot of, like, really focused high school horror films.
0: And I feel maybe because the 90s was just when we started to have those skater groups and the jocks and the grudge and the it really started to have more than just your preppies and your nerds and your greasers it you started yes. to see a more variety of different groups and i like how this used the the idea of authority coming in and being taken over by aliens and and having this control and then students rebelling against authority in the faculty so even yep. though i didn't see the movie i obviously read up on it because i wanted to try to have some understanding and i agree i think scream did start this idea that you could be a television star or a r&b singer on the rise and go into a horror film like Katie Holmes in Disturbing Behavior. Like, you could start to build this repertoire on something that was familiar and have this captured audience of high school students that really connected with what you were sharing at the time.
1: Yep, and I think with getting those popular stars it is what got a lot of people to see some of these films back in that time too like you fans of usher who would just go see it because of usher
0: well and that was after my way came out in 97 yep. which was a huge like that song was huge huge and and everyone knew who he was and you know and he's and he was a sex status like he's a good-looking man yeah and yeah that's gonna get people to go katie holmes our our good friend T- tim davis is like all-time girlfriend Yep. you know (laughs) so like these are people that were hot at the time and smart smart to put them in movies
1: yeah exactly and at this time it wasn't a uh like in the 80s it seemed like a lot of the actors that got their start there for the most part feel a kind of ashamed for admitting that they were in those horror films where in the Mm -hmm. 90s these stars are more just like hell yeah i'm jumping onto this because horror was on the rise again And it It was hot. hot,
0: Right. And then you had these teen flicks, what horror did during that time and why I think a lot of people who like eighties horror don't like nineties horror. Besides obviously, yes, there is some clear quality differences. I'm not going to sit there and say there isn't. But I think for someone like myself and Scott who were 14, 15, 16, we related to these movies at the time. We were seeing our, our high school cafeterias on campus. We were seeing those weird ass teachers that we didn't want to deal with. We were feeling that angst and that relationship development and being pissed off with our parents and having these people that were real dicks to us because we liked grunge music or wore all black. And we represented with that. Yep. And they took that population group and they marketed towards them well. So even though we'll walk out, and be like man maybe urban behavior isn't the best movie in the entire planet or you know what I, I still know what you did last summer really isn't the, the best film it captured how we were feeling at the time and it yep. allowed us to connect and that's why the, these movies have a following for you know entry-level horror fans who got into that teen scream phase or, or fra- phase and then we see the same thing happening now with movies like truth or dare
1: yeah exactly
0: that's what that is and if you watch those movies they t- they're very millennial talk they talk about like bigger purposes and doing better good and being more self-aware they're not about the clicks as much as the 90s were because that was our high school experience
1: right exactly
0: like if you tried too hard and you cared too much it looked bad yes. now it looks bad if you don't care and that's why horror movies today are focusing on that to attract a younger audience. I feel like I just got real deep there with that conversation. Deep, deep,
1: deep, but, like, I, <laughs>
0: but, but I feel like that's why, right? And that's, and, that's what, and that's what movie producers do at that time. They figure out what is going to bring in a mass audience. Yep, you know? exactly. And, and these movies were made at that time to bring in Scott and I and other people in this age range.
1: Yep, absolutely. Like I, I couldn't uh, add anything else to that. You pretty much nailed it.
0: I don't know, I kind of went on a rant, so anyway. So our last movie, which takes back place in 2020, and is a Canadian film.
1: Yay, I did not realize this was Canadian.
0: I only realized it when I did some research, and it was released at uh, TIFF, which is the Toronto International Film Festival in 2019, but it was not given a U.S. release until January 2020, it is Extracurricular. So extracurricular follows four students who appear to be picture perfect. So they're in appear. So we have one young lady who is a competitive dancer who is trying to dance to get into school. The other three students are honor roll a students part of the yearbook club, part of the debate club, on the prom committee club. All those different clubs. And as we know now, schools are definitely built upon of how much you can engage. We just talked about millennials. And I work at a university, and I work with a lot of millennials, and they get a really bad rap. And I feel like they get a bad rap because the same reason Baby Boomers did, for the same reason Gen Xers did, and for the same reason that Gen Yers did, is because you're always going to get a handful of shit in every generation. Oh, yeah. But what I will tell you about millennials is that they are definitely uh, more well-versed in knowledge. They tend to know a lot more stuff because they have access to the internet and know how to use it to gather information. They do tend to not have the same patience, so they don't like the slow 80s slashers or slow burns that we would have enjoyed in the 80s as much because they don't have the attention span for it and they tend to care it tends to be very cool to care and to be involved so they want to do stuff for environmental change they're very passionate about black lives matter they're very into the feminist movement that has continued to happen and nothing is wrong with that like no. we had the baby boomers starting this shit back in the 60s and 70s okay like <laughs>
1: yeah, this going is just, on. this is just the new generation carrying the torch
0: Exactly right. So, but of course, with that you get your your faults with every generation, right? So, because of this lack of attention to to details, sometimes helicopter parenting or you know lack of patience, millennials get typecasted. So the millennials in this are definitely individuals who are overachievers, um, come across as being the overall perfect student, but they engage in these nonsensical killings.
1: Yes. So that they they are like fascinated by it and obsessed by it and like plan it out like they plan it out almost to like the oceans level style planning of robbing mm-hmm. the casino like they do blueprints they have meetings talking about how they're going to do this when they're going to mm-hmm. do this mm-hmm. like it is all methodical while they are these smart like invested busy child uh kids they are very mean-spirited too which is Kind of creepy. Well, they're way.
0: narcissists. Yeah. And I think that's tying on the dark side of any generation and what has been shown from millennials is the biggest criticism of them. They're narcissists. They think of themselves, they don't have the attention span for things. But I would argue baby boomers are just as narcissists, or oh, we would yeah. be in a lot of the situations that we're in. <laughs> as lots Absolutely. of good as baby boomers and other generations have done, which they have, we also have people that have done lots of not good. So you know, I I think what this movie does really well is one, it builds the characters up so you see the two images they present. There's this nonsensical thrill killing that they do, which are, you're right, so staged out, no mercy, um, very graphic. Like in one of the scenes, there's a rolling around in a barn and it's extremely intense killing where yeah. their plan goes wrong. And it really shows how they've taken this this killing and we don't ever really find out why they're doing it. I I don't ever get the
1: reason why. No, I think the only reason we get is cuz they like it.
0: They like it and I think they enjoy the media oh, from the Yeah, saying the, the attention media. from the media, yeah. Right? And then they they the media so the cops are trying to figure out what's going on. They can't believe that something can be this cold and this calculated and these kids get off of it. And there's one girl that seems to start having second doubts. She seems to be floating on the area that she may not want to continue doing this. She's developing a romantic relationship with another female. And they agree to do this murder on Halloween night. They think that that's going to be the, a pinnacle is doing a murder on Halloween night. And they plan this murder. They pick out the couples. As Scott said, they kind of like scope it. And then everything that can possibly go wrong goes wrong. Mm
1: -hmm. And they
0: actually start to turn on each other. Yeah. There's a scene, so this is spoilers, there's a scene where things have gone horribly long at this murder and one of the characters had been severely injured. And the good character, the character that is going to, what we suspect, probably going to give up killings after this or possibly rat them out, which I thought she was kind of on the verge of when I saw it.
1: Yeah, like you could tell she was thinking about it.
0: Right. And her friend suffocates her in the backseat silently. Mm Mm-hmm and suffocation is a very intimate form of murder you basically have to prevent someone from breathing and your body natural reaction will be to fight yeah so you'll shake you'll push and and she was so injured that it was hard for her to do that and you have to keep suffocating them and then feel their body go lifeless
1: yeah intimate is probably the best description for that because that is very uh cold to do
0: very cold to do and it shows the narcissists of this one character and then through a series of other events the two other gentlemen are killed through events that happen parents are killed in the process because of how things go down and the ending leaves you angry to be quite honest yeah
1: oh it is such a downer ending
0: you really don't feel like justice has been had and You know, I guess I'm not selling it too well because if you like that happy endings, you may not like this movie. But the acting in it is so good that by these four main characters.
1: Yeah, like they are really, really good actors that sell their parts. Like, and one thing I did want to bring up too is uh, this methodical planning that they go through and scoping out of their scenario, like to get everything ready fits perfectly with those types of characters because they are the type that love to have plans and Mm -hmm. like a focused schedule.
0: Well, and that's this generation, right? Like I can tell you this from working with university students, all the students I know engage in a billion activities and their lives are scheduled. And it happens from young ages, right? Like as we've seen with COVID, we've had people forced to stay home. People are constantly on the go. You have dance practice, you have soccer, you have ballet, you have piano recitals. You have people that are scheduled every day after school. And during school, they do all these different extracurricular activities. Like I remember when I was in high school, I worked a part-time job. I was on yearbook committee, I think one year. I did some scorekeeping. And I did a handful of other things when I was a little bit younger, I was in drama club. I was doing morning announcements. I would do like phone answering during lunchtime. So I did activities too. And my parents would have me in piano lessons and swimming lessons, but it would only be two to three activities after hours. You know, my parents didn't want me out every night of the week. Like they wanted me to have time with my friends and to study. And I feel like this generation, what we're seeing more is more structured activities You know, we've gone to overstructuring, which would make sense why these young people overstructure everything, including their killings. Yeah. And their other stuff that they're engaging in. Like I think it's just a really smart play on the current environment that we provide students, the idea that you A have to be in as many extracurriculars as possible to be successful, to also be a straight A student. And I say this with working at a university. Like I'm not just talking out of my ass. You have
1: hands-on experience.
0: I I am one so basically i run a course at university for all of our co-op students so our co-op students have to apply to get into the program that i that i teach and i do this mandatory co-op job search program for engineering science uh english like over 20 or 37 different academic degrees yeah, and i think accounting
1: is in there too right
0: accounting's in there as well yep so business whatever and students need high 90s to get in like We're not taking students that are just scraping by. You need 90s to get in. Plus, you know, oh, you have experience. You've done this. You've done that. And then they have to compete for jobs. And I have some engineering kids that have been designing apps and other things since they were in grade eight.
1: That's (laughs) crazy. Like,
0: because it's not enough. It's always got to be more and more and more. So I think this movie... I love the kills. I love the horror aspect of it. I love the planning of the murders. I love how much I hated all four characters. Yes. With one, the one girl having a little bit of empathy for. And I love how pissed off I was at the end. But I also love how well they represent current high school culture and what the expectations are.
1: Yeah, because this one does nail it. Like this nails, this is like probably the best modern day showing of high school
0: absolutely hands down and it's a 2020 release for us and canada i know that mark nato said it wasn't but when i checked out the dates you could not access it outside of film festivals until 2020 yeah.
1: so so that, both of us are counting it
0: we're counting it as a 2020 watch if i cannot watch it besides going to tiff
1: so fight us mark nato fight us fight <laughs>
0: us on this so that completes our segment for back to school. So hopefully you guys, if you have kids and they're going back to school, good luck, whatever choices you are making as a parent. I know it's not easy right now. And uh, if, I don't know, I don't think any kids listen to our podcast, but if you're going back to school, good luck. Right. Um, I hope you enjoy going back to school. Scott, did you like going back to school? Was that something you looked forward to?
1: Um, To an extent? Yes. Cause I, uh, was always excited to see like my friends that I only seen when I was in school and stuff like that. Um, though I didn't hate school, but at the same time I didn't care about the social gatherings.
0: So Scott auto for half of that. Like, oh <laughs> man, God. we've both been, It's like we're like, talking like this. So anyways. <laughs> Scott likes school is what we found out, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're <laughs> curious. I, I actually had a horrible time in school from a grade, grade two to grade five was hell for me. I used to make myself sick going to school every day. Um, oh, wow. It was not a good experience for me. I was bullied very badly, um, really, really affected me later on in life. But um, come grade six and seven, I made some really, really good friends who I'm still friends with today and that changed everything for me and i I definitely have some really fond memories to look back in school and people that i really enjoyed but school was very tough for me and it's funny because i now work at a post-secondary institution so i i live eat breathe academic stuff and uh probably one of the best things i ever did i i decided in university that i wanted to be a career counselor at a university, and my whole goal was to work towards that, and I've been doing it for the past five years, and it's been really rewarding. So, I wasn't the best student, but I like to think that I'm I'm a good career counselor and a, and a good instructor. Uh, at least I hope I am.
1: <laughs> and, and from what I know of you, and uh, like when I talk to you while you're doing some of your work and stuff like that, I think you are.
0: Uh, thank you, Scott. That means a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so our last segment, as we know, is out of the dark, and I guess. What we were going to talk about uh is the movie theater experience because i have gone back to the theaters and scott is still waiting for theaters to open in michigan is there any word on what that's looking like my friend
1: uh not that i have noticed like i think i think we're still just kind of stuck in this phase with the restaurant openings and haven't moved forward just because of our rising cases and i know theaters and gyms i think we're in the next phase and okay. they, were gonna, they were going to open, but then the cases started happening, and she goes, Nope, we're shutting this. We're stopping this now. Not chancing it. Which I completely understand. Like, with everything that's going on, yep, yeah. that makes absolute sense, though it freaking sucks because I so miss the theater experience.
0: Yeah, it, uh, you know, and I don't want to rub this in your face, and I'm not trying to. Uh, but I, I have been back at the theaters. And yeah. so theaters opened here, the last week of July, beginning of August, and it was a gradual opening, they were only open three nights a week. So Tuesday is our cheap night. So Tuesday is cheap night. So everything's half off, uh, like a mission tick, like a mission wise. And then Saturdays and Fridays are regular price. And a lot of it was like the Jaws and they were doing Jurassic Park. So those were $5 tickets to go see those. And we started to have slowly new releases. So we've had six new releases so far, including Unhinged and, and Peninsula. Uh, new Mutants is coming out this week in Tenant. And as well as we've had the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> <laughs> and some other comedies like Target One and some other stuff have has come out as well. So when I went to the theater for the first time, I was so excited. Um, the person I was with was making fun of me so hard um, because I basically ran to the theater door. And
1: <laughs> opened it. You and I, like we would, if we were doing that together, we'd both be the ones. I swear. Just, we'd be knocking each other out of the way. Give me the first. Give me the first. I was
0: like a whole <laughs> new world. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I had my mask on because in, in Ontario, how it's working right now is that you purchase your tickets online and you show up at the theater. They ask that you don't come super early and you go in, you put on your mask, you show your, you on your phone, you show the tickets and your assigned seats. You go in, you can still get popcorn, drinks, nachos, hot dogs. Uh, we serve alcohol at theaters in here in Ontario.
1: Yep. So a couple of ours do too.
0: Yeah. So if you're of age, you can purchase alcohol as well. Uh, our VIP theaters, our special effects theaters, and our regular theaters are open and yeah so you you get your snacks you get your drinks and you go on in so they got rid of I don't know I can't remember when I went to, to the movies with you Scott did they have like a a table where they had like like uh flavoring for the popcorn and the straws and you would have to get that and fill up yeah because you could fill up your own yeah. pop and stuff like yeah, that. yeah you could right? fill
1: your own pop you had uh like your different different flavored salts and flavorings for your popcorn that you can go over and shake on your popcorn and like your yes. own butter dispenser and stuff
0: Yes. Okay. So they got rid of all that because obviously you, you can't be touching that and, you know, touching other things, right? right? That's not COVID friendly. So, but I like it because now you don't have a fucking mess everywhere because people are pigs and that shit would be all over the tables and it yep. would be fucking disgusting, to be quite honest. So you go into the theater, you have your assigned seats, you sit in your assigned seats. They will send someone to kind of just check and make sure everyone's spread out in the theater like they should be. So you, They do ask you to wear your mask unless, of course, you are consuming food obviously if you were consuming food you're not going to be wearing a mask <laughs> right make any sense it'd be difficult so, to
1: try to drink through a straw yes
0: it would be very <laughs> challenging so you take off your mask and you consume the, the the popcorn and stuff so i went to the 4dx theater which is the action seats which was fucking sick but man was it a wild ride right so it's like it literally was like a roller coaster like there was points where i almost flew out of my seat because the seat oh my was so much right and that was for peninsula and there was some really crazy chase scenes in it there were a couple other people in the theater they were spaced out from us you know it was fine it was it was honestly felt like a normal theater experience because when I went to see Pet Cemetery, there was about the same number of people in the theater right like, it didn't feel that different for the exceptions of movies that I've gone to on opening night that are big like and the last movie I went to where it was really hard to find a seat I think was um like it was it was part of a really big series it chapter two Oh yeah! Like that was the last time I went to a film where I was like, "Like wow, there's a lot of people here."
1: Right? Yeah, to I think that's with you. Surprisingly, mid somar for me.
0: Really, there's a lot of people really proud of that for one.
1: us. Like, yeah,
0: that's really cool. So. And then when I went for unhinged, same experience. You order your tickets online, you show up at the movie theater. So obviously the video game systems and stuff like that aren't currently running either, but they still have concessions. They still had all that stuff. So I will tell people this, A, it's not a scary experience, especially if you live in the province of Ontario. Um, we currently as of today have 108 cases or 133 cases in all of the province of 14 million people. So we're yeah. doing pretty good. It's, know if you're really nervous bring some hand sanitizer with you but they do sanitize and wipe down the seats everyone is social distance to effectively the washrooms are cleaner than they've ever been i personally did not have any concerns i plan on going back to the theater many a times i loved being back in the surround sound i loved eating my popcorn like i was an angry deer feeding from my own hands (laughs) and i i just have nothing negative to say about it i love that you know what i love the most scott is that when we sat in our seats no one else could just come into the theater and be like a whole fucking theater's empty i'm going to go sit right beside them yeah and that happened when we saw gretel and hansel yep like so scott and i like it feels so long ago now cuz it was fucking february but yeah we sat I want to see in the upper balcony.
1: Yeah, we were close. I think we were like five or six rows from the far back. Right. Like right up against the wall.
0: And I swear to God, everyone in that fucking movie theater sat... There was maybe other, like, I don't know, 15 other people in the theater. Maybe. Maybe. I'm probably being generous. I don't even think it was that many. And they all fucking sat near us. And it was fucking yeah. annoying.
1: And they were all talking.
0: Oh, and they talked throughout the entire fucking film. And Now, mind you, I get it. It's, it's, a, it's a burn. But still... And I felt like here, I'm like, I don't have to fucking worry about that right now. No matter what, I have my seats. And these are my seats. And no one can come and take my seats. And no one's going to sit their ass by my seats. And no (laughs) one's going to sit fucking in front of me so I can't see or behind me and kick my chair. And I loved it. Loved, 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 loved it. So Scott, how do you feel about going back to the movie theater after you've heard my experience?
1: Well, before you're experience I was already planning on going day one when that shit happened when this opens up here because you know me, I'm just like you. Theater experience. I love it. I want to support it. Absolutely. And yeah, hearing how Ontario is taking care of it, um, and how they're doing the social distancing and everything else, it sounds like they are doing exactly what needs to be done to keep people safe. Um the social distancing will keep people from being near each other, which will help keep it down. And the fact that they're having you wear the masks in the theater as well, that's very smart. Um, Unless you're eating. Yeah, I was say unless you're eating, obviously.
0: And they don't come in and check, in all fairness. Right. They tell you to wear it, but
1: But you know you're also
0: sitting down and eating and drinking. They're not coming in to check to see if you have it on. It's just if you get up to use the restroom, you obviously have to have it on.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, but knowing you Canadians, they'd say to do it, you guys would.
0: Well, you know what? No one did, because we were all eating. And honestly, even when I was done eating, I didn't put it on. Oh, okay. Um, and I didn't feel the need to because I'm in, when I'm in a restaurant, you know, we can sit in restaurants right now, not have a mask on, but when we get up, you have to put it on.
1: Yeah, that's how it is for us too.
0: Right? And that, to me, there's no difference in a theater.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Right? So I think it depends on your comfort level, but definitely walking around. And yet again, it's a fucking mask for like five minutes while you take your washroom break. Like we're not talking about a big deal here.
1: Right: Though I was going to say that'll probably be the difference between you <laughs> and my state. Because <laughs> yeah. We got yeah. the freedom waivers that are just like saying these masks are impending their rights, blah 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 blah. Well we
0: have Canadians saying that too. I just think that in public, Canadians are still very much British, and with and I, and I say that pretty confidently that we still, at least if you're white, you have this (laughs) this British influence where you're polite in public and you're disrespectful at home. Like, there's racism in Canada. There's lots of fucking shit in Canada. Like, we have KKK in Canada. Like, it's not like KKK is an American problem. It exists in Canada, too. It just, it's more hidden. That's all. We don't have fucking marches down the street. And if we did, people, like, are very much shunned for it. No one is like, oh, yeah, high-fiving people. Like, I saw one dude in, this, in, the, in the area that I live, one dude that had the Confederate flag, and everyone used to just stare and, like, judge or say things, like, it on his car, and eventually I don't see that dude anymore <laughs> because, you know, like, and, so I do feel like there's also, like, no one wants to wear a mask, okay? No one's like, oh, my God, yeah, I get to wear a piece of fabric over my face, but it's so not a big deal, and- no you know what? Movies. We need people to go out to movies because there were some part-time kids working there. There was a manager working there. Christian's wife works for Cineplex. And I want to support the frontline people. I want to support the people that work in accounting, the people that work in advertising. Everyone that goes into making those cinemas run, I want to support right now. That's how I feel. That is what I am choosing to do. And I know I'm just one person. I realize that. But I want people to know that in my experience, I felt very safe. I was not concerned. And I think that if you are concerned, bring hand sanitizer, bring gloves. You can keep your mask on during the entire thing. And the theaters aren't overcrowded.
1: Yeah. And that's what I'm, I, I'm hoping for that day to come here. Because like I said, I will be day one at that theater getting my big old freaking American sized tub of popcorn. Now,
0: that is the one thing I do miss. Like you guys have the bomb diggity snacks.
1: Yeah, like the like our, our theater concessions, just no comparison. They're just ridiculous. No, I mean, you no. have a freaking Skittles machine in that one theater.
0: Oh my God, I know. <laughs> I still remember. I have pictures of it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what I think about often is that candy buffet in the mall. What happened to that candy do. buffet? I bet you do. Is it still there? Because that's a COVID nightmare.
1: Yeah, like I you, bet you it's like normal. Do you
0: get your own spoon and spoon <laughs> out your own candies? Like, how would that even work?
1: Yeah, I bet you that is not there right now.
0: Yeah, like...
1: Things are going to be different when, you know, when things are fully back to normal.
0: Because malls are open there, right? Or no?
1: I believe so, because most retail stores are allowed to be open now. So I would assume the malls are. I haven't been to the mall because... Uh, pretty much I've saved the mall experience for when you come to visit now, because it's just kind of oh, a man. fun thing for us to do. I can't wait
0: for 2022 when we go to the mall and go to Hot Topic again.
1: Oh, oh, I know, right? In 2023 when I get to go to Toronto finally.
0: Oh man, I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, the years are getting later and later because things just get more fucked up and fucked
1: up. <laughs> yeah. I will saying, just everything just getting pushed back and pushed back, so we're just kind of like, oh, we'll see what happens, I guess. Just kind of right this wave. But- right.
0: Just, just ride this wave, the wave of 2020.
1: The wave of COVID. Let's keep on riding it till it finally crashes.
0: Right. But
1: and, yeah, I'm, but with a the theater experience though, I am very curious because uh, you had assigned seating like before COVID too with your theater. Yes.
0: Right? On, only in some. So the general theaters were not like that. Uh, the general theaters where I saw unhinged, which was assigned seating. So that, like our VIP theaters and our 4DX experiences and our IMAX were assigned seats.
1: Okay, Um, so I'm wondering how that experience is now. Like, you have to get assigned seatings for the ones that didn't have assigned seating, Which
0: is easy, because all the seats had numbers on them anyway.
1: Right, because the theater, I didn't, like, because, you know, we went to, like, we actually had to pick our seats at when we bought our tickets at the theater that you and I went to. Oh, okay. Because remember, she asked us where we wanted to see, so I picked the seats for us. And the other theater, the one that I go to, like, the super cheap $5 matinees, the Rave Cinema in Flint. That one doesn't have a sign seat, and you just walk in and sit. So I'm I wondering think how, how they're that doing
0: that, because there's a smaller theater that does that here, is the usher walks you in. Okay. And they decide where you sit.
1: Gotcha. They give okay. you an option. That makes sense, then. Okay, because I was kind of wondering how they would do that, like, because I mean, obviously they don't have the computer system to no. be able to pick your seats and stuff like that in those theaters.
0: So, whoever, they would have one person probably on the concessions, and then one person that would walk you and assign you to sit. That, or if there's no one in the theater that's an easy solution
1: yeah usually with the matinees on the weekend for horror films for me at that theater i would be like one of two people in that theater
0: yeah you look like a nice creeper like american werewolf that's probably the theater you go to it's a porno theater isn't it you <laughs> don't want to tell everybody you're <laughs> like that's werewolf me
1: <laughs> living my best life oh, that historic howl theater i keep talking about that's what they play Time. mostly
0: well, that's not true. I was there with you and we saw <laughs> no. Gremlins, which I would have preferred a porno, but that's... that's uh, hey, here. hey, here, hey, hey now. Neither, neither here nor there. Um, so anyway, I'm just, <laughs> look at this. He's <laughs> trying to glare at me. It's really funny. Yeah, you're not scary. Like at all. <laughs> like at all, but that's okay. You are who you are. So we do have a topic for our next show. Why don't you tell the good people what our next topic will be?
1: So, our next topic is going to be diving into relationship issues and <laughs> horror films. And there's a reason behind this, but I am going to save that wonderful tidbit for our episode.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm very excited for this. It's been a while since uh, I think you've chosen a topic. I, I did the shark one. Yeah, you did the, yeah, but I, yeah, that's true. I think we both kind of talked about that one though, but this is one that is more near and dear to your heart.
1: Like, obviously.
0: You're going to be that the one to tell me which films we're going to be reviewing. Well, not reviewing, but using as our example base of of where this stuff has been used well.
1: Yeah, because I was going to say, because obviously, as I've started to learn about myself, I do love these films that really deal with like issues and relationships or just building relationships. So, Mm -hmm. like, and then, just well, being the single guy dating scene, got plenty of stories to go along <gasps> with this <us> now. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting topic for sure. Like, and going to have some interesting movies to discuss, I have <laughs>
0: I like how you're using the word interesting a lot. It's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah. Very, to say the least.
0: Very eye-opening. I'm going mm-hmm. to have some strong opinions
1: Opinions. (laughs) on some
0: subjects on how i feel let's Um, just say
1: we'll be peeling back a little bit more of the layers of smoke show crawford as this episode comes out
0: which is funny because you really are more tight-lipped than i am like
1: like i'm open about certain things but yes
0: you like in our in our rape episode you shared some stories that were pretty intimate uh, that it happened to you that people have commented on about how much more of Scott's sexual history will we get to learn about. Right. But I don't I don't know how much you really share like I feel like people kind of see me as a six a sex crazed drinker, partier, fun girl, politically minded, angry about everything, <laughs> dog loving, Kate Spade wearing, horror chick. Um and that I has guess... like Good enough knowledge, like you know, when that all these all these girls and and ladies, like all my all my horror ladies, were sharing that that um, meme of when she blows your mind or with the, her horror knowledge. Yeah, I could never share that. People heard how I did on trivia. <laughs> like, would be like, yes. "What knowledge?" And then oh, you don't know anything. Great. Brandon would be like, "Take that fucking shit down right now, Heather. You're a liar." <laughs> so I feel like I'm an open book. You are not in comparison.
1: No, like, uh, people know me as the sex symbol. <laughs> That's
0: right, of our show. No, sure. but,
1: no, people just know that I, I am very open, but it usually has to, I won't, I won't talk about things freely. It usually ends up going along with whatever the theme is of our show, mm-hmm. bring up something that I can, that I'll be open about. Mm-hmm. But, yep, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the slow peeling back of an onion. You're like, you're just getting more and more layers. Like, not trying to say, I'm like, so deep and intriguing or anything. <laughs> I'm just saying like...
0: Well, you are in comparison. I feel like I'm just like this really boring open book that there's nothing exciting after a while. You, on the other hand, there's like a new adventure around every corner.
1: <laughs> well, I'll yeah. say like, there's just some certain things that just kind of, uh, you know, I don't really feel comfortable talking about, but then like, we'll come up and all, I have no problem talking about them, but it's just not something I'm just openly wanting to give out. But like, that... That will change with the next episode. There will be a lot of things that I will be talking about.
0: Bottom like line middle. is Scott's had enough. Scott and he's done with fucking around. <laughs> and he's coming, guns ablazing. Pew Pew, 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 pew,
1: pew. The gun show is open, baby.
0: <laughs> he is going to be calling some people out. Well, probably not by name, but he will no. be calling some behaviors out.
1: Yes, I will.
0: Right? It's going to be interesting time. So stay tuned as the Friday Nightmares podcast explores this relationship territory. Happy back-to-school time. Welcome back from your vacation, Scott. And we will Thank be back you. to our regular scheduled program. And Oh, I realized I, I said I was going to be on all these guest spots. None of them happened. <laughs> at all uh partly due to some family issues in one and then only because this, uh, this one gentleman's been very open about it uh gary hill and his sister suffered a very devastating fire and yes. luckily they are both okay but unfortunately they lost some animals in the process um and lost gary his
1: entire collection lost everything yeah. in their home Yeah, it was devastating to me when i seen that
0: devastating and Gary is probably one of the nicest human beings in this on this planet and uh, Scott and I are happy that we could support you Gary uh, as we love you Gary as you continue to rebuild and uh, so unfortunately I I was supposed to be on Cinema Beef I will not be on Cinema Beef for a little while till Gary um, obviously comes back and is ready so whenever that may be I'm happy to join Gary lots of love to you my friend and, uh, yeah, and you can catch us on It's Not Horror. We'll be back to our regular scheduled program in September. On a new network. On a new network on the Dark Discussions Network. And also we did do um, – I did a walkthrough of the rental.
1: Yes, you and I both did.
0: Yes, yeah, so we did no than else before you left on your vacation. And, yep, and that
1: was on Fresh Cuts.
0: On Fresh Cuts. And I think that's the last thing I haven't podcasted since then.
1: yeah same here this is the the first first time time. back right
0: so it was a nice little break but uh you know, just like any attic, we're back to we're glad to be back at it. So
1: yeah, we fell off the wagon again, people. We're back.
0: We we, we fell off the wagon. So true. Scott <laughs> Scott fell off the wagon last night with a fucking keg of beer he drank to himself. Oh my god! But yeah, you know what? I shouldn't judge too much. I a couple of weeks ago, I went out and bought tequila shots at thirty seven. That's true. on a Sunday night, so you know. Pot to kettle, Heather. Don't be, don't be thinking <laughs> Mr. Crawford too much. You
1: should just be more proud of me.
0: I am un, un, overwhelmingly proud of you, Scott. Nothing makes oh, me happier you. than you destroying your liver.
1: <laughs> um. Oh, you're so sweet.
0: <laughs> so I guess unless you have anything else to add. Yes, no?
1: No, uh, just happy to be back after this couple of week hiatus. And it'll be uh, fun to see what we got going on because we got some guest spots lined up for our show. Oh, and that's then right. we're going to eventually be bringing people on, so yep. that'll be uh, fun as well.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure they can't wait to work with us. It's going to be the best time of their lives, for sure. Oh, you know it. Oh, my God. Living your best life right here. Well, in the meantime, we look forward to seeing you next time and unpleasant dreams.
1: Unpleasant dreams. Pound and Powell.
0: I just said that. <laughs>